Virtually, virtually 2021 right now. Yeah, everything's virtual right now. Virtual parties, virtual family reunions. I was talking to some of my relatives in India. It's 12 people on a screen. <laughs> you know, you celebrating Diwali way way differently this time around, bro. But you know what the problem is? Is that <laughs> when you have when you have twelve people, it ends up being two people talking and ten people listening, right? Yeah, they're being entertained. They're pretty much watching the TV show, the Mahler TV show. <laughs> and I'll see someone on there that I want to talk to, and you want to be like, hey, let's let's make a let's go to a side call. <laughs> you Basically, you're doing everything you do in real like you did back yeah. in real life. <laughs> Exactly, because if you had 12 people over at the house, it's not going to be all 12 people sitting around in a circle talking, most likely. It's going to be two people over here talking, a few people over here, some people over there, and then you're moving around a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> but we, we have to, you have to do what you can. I, I've, I've reconnected with some relatives in India during this whole pandemic. That's, one of the, that's been one of the bright spots, for sure, because uh, I get along really well with my niece, who I've never met. I've never, I haven't seen her since she I – actually, I don't think I've ever met her. I don't think I, I was I was a one of the say I saw her as a little kid, but I don't think I did. And she's really cool. And her mom is really cool. My cousin. So that, that's been cool. That's been cool. I think looking at this year, it's I'm actually really positive about the future. And some people are like, well, that's why are you so positive? And then others are like, well, well, you're doing OK. You're you're I can see why you're positive. I was like, yeah, I am fortunate that my business is doing well. And you know, there's no worry of serious financial issues or anything like that. That's that's definitely true. But I'm I'm stressed like everybody else is in terms of this restricted lifestyle. It, yeah, it's, it's just like moving around. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Navigating, it's you tiring. know. It's tiring. And so it's not like those of us who are not feeling the serious ramifications, ramifications. our head is in the sky. You know, we're feeling it too. Right. It's like, dude, it's like my wife is like, you know, I I'll be so happy we can finally go somewhere. She's like, hey let's take a road trip to Austin. I said, well I don't feel like having the navigate what places you know you got you it's mandatory to wear a mask or you know this this you know it's only this much occupancy because that number is constantly changing here and all that it's like oh well you you have to eat outside and then it's a fucking cold front that day it's just like, it's like come yeah, on that's, like, a lot right now. that's a lot man it's like that takes the that takes the experience that just really craps all over it you know at that point so it's just like you know just it's just be patient and let's just Sit back and just, you know, let this take its next level of where it's going to go at this point. I don't feel like, yeah, I don't think things are going to be like, you know, coming this spring in, in 2021, I don't think it's going to be like spring of 2020 because you actually kind of know what you're dealing with now. And finally, you know, there seems to be a, somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, right. more like a, more like a lighter at the end of the tunnel instead of a light. But. But like I said, things are just a little bit more predictable at this point than it was then because, you know, at that point for the majority of the world, it was just like, it's just like that cousin that just pops up at the family reunion that you, you didn't even know you had. He just pops up and he's the loudest one there. He busts through the door. He's eating all the food. And you're like, who is this? What, who, whose man is this? Okay. Who brought him? And no one knows. That's what, that's what COVID felt like in the spring of 2020. It just showed up like, I'm coming here to destroy all of y'all. It's like, really? Like in every aspect, not just your health, but your money, your business, your lifestyle, your friendships, your relationships, all that. I'm about to take it all out. And it's like, dude, who? who, who yeah, who, it's, it's changed. It's <laughs> changed so much. What the, the the enjoyable things that we a lot of us took for granted. It's changed our accessibility to things like that. But it's also opened up opportunities that 
people may never have thought of. I mean, one for me is I started skateboarding again. I don't know if I would have started skateboarding again if it wasn't for the pandemic, because now that things were closed down so much, I go, okay, let me find some more things I can do outdoors. You know, what can I get into? And then I was watching an episode of Shark Tank and they had the developer of a ham board, which is this skateboard that moves like a surfboard. It mimics a surfboard feeling. Right. I remember I saw that probably maybe a year ago, maybe longer. And I go, man, that looks really cool. And then I just forgot about it. But then I thought about it. And I go, let me get one <laughs> of those boards. I go, now's a perfect time. And then I ended up buying two more boards after that. I have a mountain board. I got this old terrain board. I mean, I really got into it. I go, this is a lot of fun. And it's nice to have a hobby where the, the only goal is fun. Like I said before, exactly. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get into the X games. You know, I'm not trying to monetize this. I'm not trying to come up with some clever video that's going to go viral. Straight YouTube channel just for the boards. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun thing. I was like, this is great, man. I'm going to get outside, put some good music on. I'm going to spend the day being active, doing some fun stuff. And, man, my activity level went way up because I'm skating long distance, and then I'm walking back to the start, repeating. So, I mean, I was putting in 10, 15, 20,000 steps just organically, just having right. fun. So there's there's always opportunities to do things. It's sometimes we get so focused on we no longer can access what we like to do. It's like, okay, that sucks. I get it. I like going to concerts. I like traveling. I like doing all those things. I get it. But we those are not options right now for the most part. Even like you said, you can travel, but it's not the same experience as it was before. So it's not as much fun. But there's other things. You know, There's plenty of other things that people can get into. I think sometimes people just get so caught up in their age. They're like, oh, yeah, skateboarding looks fun, but, you know, I'm 45 now, so I don't know if that – I don't know. If, it's like, well, who gives a fuck how old you are? It's not well, about you know, how old you, you are. You know Tony Hawk is old as dirt, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's, but it's still doing – But that's Tony Hawk. I'm like, trust me, at 60, Tony Hawk busts his ass on the concrete. It doesn't feel the same as it did 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't get it twisted. <laughs> well, shit, I've had a couple of wipeouts, and uh, I'm happy to say they were all on grass. Because otherwise, I might have a different perspective about that. <laughs> right. But I, I was actually happy when it happened and because I got up and I'm like, shit, I'm okay. I didn't hurt anyone. <laughs> right. My body's pretty resilient. That's good to right. know. <laughs> like, well, pass that test. <laughs> I, I know some people, they trip over a rock and they have to go to a physical therapist for right. uh, three weeks. It's like, like uh, that. <laughs> it's like that one comedian. Oh, what's his name? Man? He had this really funny joke about, he's like, yeah, you know, I got a, a rib went out of place. Like, oh, what happened? He's like, what happened? You get into an get into some kind of car crash or an injury? He's like, no, nah, man, I sneezed. <laughs> you know, that's oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, God, who was that? I forgot, man. I remember that. So that was hilarious to say. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, nah, I sneezed, man. It's like, that's <laughs> You just turn over in bed and your neck is out of place now. Like, right, exactly. It's like, you sit there and you trip on the line on the sidewalk. It's like, oh, man, now I got to go to my chiropractor. I pulled a disc in my back. <laughs> Like wait wait a minute did you fall no I just I just kind of missed my step and I'm like what the hell and next thing you know my back is jacked up I couldn't even drive back home. <laughs> it's like bro <laughs> seriously uh, Cat Williams is who I'm thinking of that's the comedian oh yeah. Like, yeah 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 he's funny but I mean you know the cool the, I, I think a lot of people get injured as they get older because they're so inactive and they they're so sedentary. And you don't have to do a one-hour joint mobility routine every morning. But if you're active, you go walking a lot. You get up every hour instead of just sitting for hours straight. Yeah. You move around a little bit. Take a couple exercise breaks. Do something fun and active like skateboarding. Like I said, what I like about skateboarding is is that it's the exact opposite of weight training. You're relaxed when you're yeah. skating. If you get too tight, you're going to go flying off, and it's not going to be comfortable. you got to be loose. you got to be fluid. you got to be relaxed. 
In fact, I love skating after doing heavy weight training, in particular deadlifting, because your back can get a little stiff. And then you go skate for 30 minutes, an hour, and then you're getting joint mobility without really thinking about it because it's fun. Right. Yeah, it's just like I'm sitting there and I'll have to go in the garage for something. And I have, as soon as I walk in, as soon as like I go through the door right there on the side, there's, um, I got this mace right there and, um, I have my jump rope. Right. So now I just, I just randomly grab the jump rope. I'm, I'm taking out the trash, but I'm just like, I grab the jump rope, hit like, like maybe like five sets of a hundred or whatever, you know, just, just to just get the blood going, you know, yeah. not really a hard workout for me because I've just skipped rope so much, you know, in my right. lifetime, but it's just something like, ah, uh, and then when I'm done, I drop the trash off in the trash can and I go back in the house like, okay, that was cool. And I get back on, I start trading again because, yeah. you know, that's one of the things like, uh, you know, there's a group of friends I have where we all like, we trade. And that's the one thing that, that, you know, I found myself doing with, through all this pandemic madness that I never would have thought I've been doing is like actively trading in the stock market. You know, yeah. every day. It's to the point now where I can honestly say I'm a full time trader, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm studying it and I'm like, I'm from the time the bell rings in the morning till close. And then even before and after that, like I'm immersed in it because it's just so interesting because it's such a game. And it's not even so much about trying to make money because as with anything, if that's your focus, you're already going to lose yeah. at that point. And people are, well, isn't that the point of being in the stock market? Like, well, one of the things is like, okay, yeah, it's, it, that's just one of the, symptoms of being in the market. I said a lot of people can go in without a plan and you know they can get lucky every now and then. People do that in the casino every day. But oh, yeah. if you stay in there long enough, they're gonna lose and then they're gonna be like, you know what? F Vegas, I'll never go back there again. Da, 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 and I'm not going to the casino. It's all rigged. Well it's like <laughs> you you didn't have a you didn't have an entry and an exit plan when you sat down at that blackjack table. You should have already had a plan like okay I'm gonna make this amount this, you know here's my thing. Once I get this percentage of okay I'm carrying let's just say Oh, I'm willing to spend up to $500 at the blackjack table today. But once I get, if I make up to 30%, uh, you know, in profit, I'm out. I'm getting up from the table. You know, and most people think, oh, 30%. I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? You didn't have that 30% when you sat down. Okay, and if you make that, get the fuck up. You know, enjoy your winnings and go on about your life. The market's no different. You know, yeah. you sit there, you have an, in- an entry. Uh, first of all, make sure you have a good entry. Don't just get in and chase something and have FOMO like, oh, man, Tesla's hot right now. They're going to the S&P. I got to make sure I get Tesla. Like, Tesla is expensive as hell right now. And there's definitely, if you study the market, you realize there will be a pullback. And so wait for that pullback. And then, you know, you know where you're going to enter. And then have an exit strategy. Like, okay, at what point do you feel like, okay, I can sell this and come back? Or do you hold? So it's no different than anything. Business is the same way. When you have a business, it's like, okay, when is the best time to enter? Why? You know, right. when's a good time to get into this, this business? And then, all right, is there an exit strategy? Or, and even an exit strategy doesn't even necessarily mean that you want to sell that business eventually. Let's just say, at what point do you want to actually remove yourself so much from it and make sure that you put people in place and that you've got them being able to run the business for you? So therefore, you're not actually working in your business anymore. You know, but you still have it. So again, that's what having an exit strategy is all about. So it's just so many parallels that I've learned, like being like active in this in the market now for like the past almost year. There's so many parallels with the almost every aspect of life. And when you go in with that mindset instead of just, oh, I'm going to make this money because you know I'm not working right now, or my other business is, is like doing that well and yada yada. It's like, dude, because that right there already clogs your thinking. Because you're so focused on that one thing that you make so many mistakes. My thing is, you know, this is kind of like where that 
that, that Eastern philosophy comes in. You know, first of all, don't go in there with being attached to these ideas. Right. You know, go in there with an open mind, dude. And, you know, being that, that empty glass where you can sit there and, you know, fill your cup. And then once it fills up, pour some things out so you can make room for more stuff. That's right. how you have to be. So, like I said, so many parallels to this. And one of the things I would tell people, you know, that I've learned is that because I know there's some people listening that may have already be active in the market because, hey, it gets it's been getting a lot of headlines throughout this pandemic because the stock market is the one thing that's pretty much through a middle finger to the pandemic. You know why everyone's suffering. You know, the market has not. You know, in fact, it's hitting these record highs, you know, oh, yeah. no matter which index you're looking at. And people just don't understand because like, OK, man, wait a minute. It's like gross domestic, you know, domestic product is down. People are not spending. They're in the jobs. You know, the unemployment's still going up. You know, and pe- people are getting shut down. They got lockdowns. How is it the market is still climbing each and every week? Well, of course, they're focused on the future. They're thinking about speculation. They're looking at innovation. They're looking at life beyond this pandemic. Yeah, and it sucks because, you know, most people can't get past the things they deal with each and every day regarding, you know, the, the symptoms and the effects of this pandemic. You know, they have to live in, they have to live in the now, but the market re- rarely ever lives in the now. You know, even when the only time it's in the now is when people react to some news, like, at the time, like I say, a couple of weeks before this recording, which is actually right now, people, but just <laughs> work with us. We're in the future. You know, you know, you know, you got like a second strain of the of the um, virus going around in the UK, you yeah. know, at the time. And the market reacted to that for like 10 minutes the day that that news was released that Monday when that news came out. You know, even though that, you know, the information was already there a couple of days, you know, during the weekend. So the people knew or whatever, but they reacted, you know, the market pulled back. For like about 10 minutes and then it went on back to his merry way because it's like okay well there the cases are rising but you know deaths are still not you know running up there as, as much with how many cases are happening and you know there's the vaccines out the vaccine news came out the week before so hey you know there's no use to you know overreacting to you know a new strain when and then what happens a couple days later well you've got the other company that's working with Pfizer saying that they're pretty confident that they're vaccine can actually combat the new strain as well i'm like first of all how is it both of you are brand new to the market here okay COVID is pretty much brand new no one really truly understands it so question the vaccine that just came out within nine months you know and after that after it first really took off globally and usually when other vaccines take up to seven years or whatever you know before they're approved but you know that's neither here or there you know so it's you know we've got a disease that's brand new you know, and then here you go with a vaccine that's brand new that's already talking shit about what it can do to the new vaccine. I mean, to the new virus. Right. <laughs> it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, you haven't even proven yourself with the current COVID-19. Okay, let's long. Why are you already talking crap about how you can, you're confident they can take out the strain? <laughs> but, hey, the market didn't care. They're like, oh, that's good news. And then the market ran up. Yeah. So, it's just like, you know, man, it's, it's like I said, it's been the center of like, it's been the biggest, it's the second biggest WTF moment of 2020, you know, besides COVID-19 is like just what the stock market is doing. Oh, yeah. But like I said, man, um, the thing is for me, it's just, it's like this game. It's, I've always been that kid that like takes things apart to see how they work. And a lot of the most successful people in the market, I'm not saying I'm one of the top successful people, but I'm learning from those who are the most successful. <clears throat> the thing about them, they see this as a game. They don't, you know, yeah, they make money. They make money. They make nice income. Some make phenomenal incomes. You know, some make some, you know, some nice spending money. But 
Right. When you go in just to really learn that you like when you're so enjoying the process and just like this discovery, like, oh, man. And then, it, like I said, you sit there and you see how how everything else in your life parallels with how this market is played. You know, it, it makes you look at everything from a different perspective, even just like how to deal with this pandemic. And dealing with people or dealing with looking at your current business, even looking at your family life, even just like how you even realize that how your family is structured, you know, is can be structured just like a corporation. And then you realize like, oh, you realize you, even the country you live in, especially America, you're actually living in a corporation, not necessarily a country. And it's like all this information is there for free. But most people just, you know, we've all been just so wrapped up in our own stuff that we don't pay attention to that stuff. And once you open up and see those things, so many things that are going on and or have gone on would make so much more sense. And then you'll realize a lot of things that you bitch and complain about and, you know, that, that you let set you off or whatever. It's just like it's really unnecessary. It's just really unnecessary once you learn the game. And then what do you do? You pivot and you adjust just like. You were saying about like skateboarding is like, OK, you made some adjustments and now, you know, you're open to this thing that, you know, you haven't done probably since you were a kid. But yeah, you, you yeah. see it through new, even though it's something that you've done before, you see it through new eyes. OK, and you see it a diff, from a different view and you see different benefits of this thing. And um, and what you've done, you've adjusted now instead of just saying like, OK, I can't really go to the gym, enjoy it the way I used to or whatever. Instead of just sitting home, what have you found another activity? You know, that complements the gym, which makes going to the gym, wearing a mask, doing all that makes it a little bit more bearable, you know. Oh, yeah. So and yeah. also when you work out at home, you know, it's, instead of like, OK, just sit there in your backyard or your garage working out or whatever, you know, now you found a way to get some feel some sense of freedom and be active at the same time by doing this. Right. You know, That's so exactly. it's just like you got to see you made a pivot. And I think like one of the things coming up in this year. I think that's what a lot of Americans, they've already started doing that last year, but I feel like they're going to pivot and adjust accordingly because that's what we've done since the beginning of time. That's how we're, first of all, that's how we're here walking around, most of us, you know, walking around on two feet. We realize that whole being on all fours thing, yeah, that that's that doesn't quite work out when some of your food is like six, seven feet tall. And, you know, you're down there crawling around on the ground. You know, so it's like, yeah, eventually we had to become homo erectus, you know, and well, to a pause on that one but uh <laughs> so you know we got to make an adjustment man make a pivot and that's what we do we're adaptable like that and it's not the end of the world trust me when it's the end of the world no one will have anything to say at that point it won't even matter <laughs> okay but as for now it's not the end of the world we just pivot we adjust and you know the thing is it's like finding that thing man that that gives you a renewed sense of self when almost everything around you is trying to make you seem like that your current self is just, it's at its all time low. It's not going to do any better at that point. So you got to turn off the noise, man. And, you know, listen to yourself. Well, I'm happy to see a lot of people doing really impressive things to help other people in particular. Mm -hmm. I've been super impressed with a bunch of kids I've seen recently in different media channels. One is this kid, Alex Story. He's nine years old. He has inoperable brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And I think he only has 25% of his vision left. It's affecting his, the cancer in his brain is is affecting his vision. Now, this kid has every right to feel sorry for himself. No one would say he doesn't have a right to. But what's he focused on? He's focused on helping other kids. He's doing these toy fundraisers for kids in hospitals. And he's, I think he's delivered 3,000 toys already in a pretty short time frame. His parents, of course, help him out with all of this. 
Right. So that's just an example. That's just one example of a of a kid who could easily feel sorry for himself, like a lot of people do. But he's he's he doesn't he's he has he doesn't show any sign of feeling sorry for himself. He's very positive that he's going to beat the cancer, and his focus is on helping others. But I think there's a there's a lesson to learn there too, in the sense that a lot of times when we go through hardship, what do we do? We shut off. We we push right. people away. We isolate ourselves. <laughs> try to deal with this. And I think what this kid is doing, whether he knows it unconsciously or unconsciously is he's, he's going through an extremely difficult time, especially for a young person. It's horrible to see that, but what's his focus? His focus is on what he can do to help right. others. Right. I've seen that such an impressive kid. And you want to talk about something that truly, that really affects your health in a positive way is helping others. I don't care what, what's, what you're going through, you know, something about being of service really changes everything. And, and also not just, not just mentally and emotionally, but also physically, because even your body feels that. And that really helps with the healing process of whatever physical, you know, physical yeah. ailment you're going through. You know, it's just really, it's really hard for inflammation and disease to function in a very positive environment. A very right. happy body. It, yeah. it makes it very hard. It can't feed off of that. It's like it, you're starving it to death when you do that. I mean, yeah. I know it sounds very woo, but that's 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 the way it works. You know, that's the reason why so many different diseases that are very dependent on inflammation. That's why they function like that because people just uh, you eat highly inflammatory foods. And you're in a very highly inflammatory environment. You know, all this stuff is just like basically you're stressed out and all this stuff. And it's just scenario that feeds these things. But then, like I said, man, you know, you can be when you truly shift. And I'm not saying just go around and fake this happiness or whatever, because, you know, these things can see right through that. It's your body. <laughs> it, it's smarter than you. You know, it knows you're bullshitting. You know, even though the people outside in the outside world may not know, even though they probably see through you, too. You know, but they know when you're faking it. You know, you can't fake it till you make it. Nah, not in this situation. You know, but when you're truly feeling that, man, it's just like. Everyone feels that energy. You know, your body feels that energy. People around you feel that energy. And I know it sounds like for a lot of people, especially, you know, because you know how big I am on mental health. There's a lot of people dealing with a lot of mental health issues. And they hear that. It's just like it's it all sounds good in theory, but they just can't truly grasp what we're saying, you know, like that. But it's just something about, like I said, let's talk about the people who don't have those issues. It's just somebody, you know, when your energy is very positive like that and it's like, you know, you're very hopeful and you're out there being of service, it's really hard for even people with the hardest mental, you know, issues that they're going through or whatever to not pick up on that. Yeah, it might take a little bit more or whatever, but, and no one's saying that you guys have to go out and find someone who's dealing with mental issues and then just be happy around them all. That's kind of annoying as hell too. It's like, dude, like, all right, enough, you know, but. If you're out doing your own thing, it's something about when you're doing your thing and you're in your own little world and, but you're so positive and whatever, and you just, people pick up on it like, dang, dude, you're, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's just funny. Like even with my wife, she'll be in her own little world, singing in her little head, sitting in the grocery store line, you know, but you can sit there and see someone that's like in line behind her who, when they first walked up to the line, they're ass faced, dude. They're just looking like, uh. <laughs> FD's groceries. I mean, I can't really see how ass faced they are now because they're wearing masks, but <laughs> I'm just saying, but you can, you can still feel that energy, you know, yeah. but then, you know, she's just in her world or whatever. And then they're just kind of like, Oh, okay. Um, man, I, whatever you have, I wish they would just make a drug like that so I can buy it right now. And you know, then she's just in her own little world. My wife's turned around like, huh? What? What? 
oh, ha, you know, and next thing you know, this person's laughing, giggling. They're talking like they've been friends for 20 years, you yeah. know. But, again, it wasn't like she was trying to go around and doing the typical thing, like, look at someone that's not, you know, having a good day or whatever. And you're like, oh, smile. She was not like she did that. She was just being herself, you know. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Man. She's the kind of person who raises the vibration of the room. And I'm fortunate to know. All, all my good friends are people like that. People yeah. that when, when they enter the room, the room is better for it. You know, I've got some friends at the gym and the second they come in, everyone's workouts get better because right. the, there's a positive energy that comes with them. And I, I hope people feel that about me coming in there. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you I'm, now, you I'm know, gonna, that's by design. I mean, it's not like that's an accident that, you know, all your friends are that way. It's like, that's the thing about it. You, we are, we, we're the ones who are in control of, you know, who we want to be around us and what we, what speaks to us, you know, right. our principles and whatever else. Like, I'm sorry, people that just bitch and complain or whatever without any type of solution or coming up with a solution, like, I don't deal with those people. You know, it's, it's really easy. So it's this thing, you know, um, you know, in the hip hop community back in the day, you say all the time, like, it's A alike, B alike. So basically you attract, you know, the people that, that are more like you. You know, it's, it's, it's what I even trying. So, you know, it's always laugh when people to my opposites attract. I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, no, no, there's, there's gotta be some type of common ground, right? Like, I'm not trying to be around the person that's constantly doing stuff where they're getting in trouble, you know, with the law or they're constantly, they're, they're, they're a couple and they're constantly fighting all the time. And I'm like, and they're screaming at each other. This person yells about everything. And, you know, I'm like, mm, cause that's just not who I am. So that becomes a problem. That's very irritating to be around for me. There are some people that love that because, hey, they're used to that, and they they do that themselves. But I'm going to leave them to themselves. That doesn't work for me. Just like, you know, some people don't sit there and, like, you know, we you and I hear it all the time. Even when we talk about just having our own business or whatever, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I couldn't. I, it's just so risky. I'm like, okay, but for us, we think it's risky to actually go and, build someone else's dreams up for 40, 50 years by working at, you know, this company, you know, and pretty much just thinking like you have job security. And we've, if anything, anyone learned in 2020, there's no such thing as job security. Okay. He's yeah. a lot of people found out the hard way, you know, big time. So, but again, I also understand that not everyone mentally and emotionally are set up to be entrepreneurs and, and, and business owners. You know, so, but there's so many people in our world that think that, oh, you know, but like, yeah, everybody could be, an, you know, an entrepreneur. They just don't want to be. I'm like, look, dude, I want to speak Cantonese. Okay. If I really want to speak it, I'm going to go learn it. But as of right now, I don't want to speak it. So I'm not studying it. Okay. So I can't speak it. Don't be like, oh, well, you could if you wanted to. I'm like, yeah, that, that's usually how it works for everyone. They, <laughs> when they're really truly interested in something, they will find a way, you know, but I'm pretty good because I'm not actually in an Asian community 24-7. You know, it's not necessary for my survival. And it's just not one of those things right now that I feel like, oh, I just want to do it for fun. But guess what? You know, five, ten years ago, even 20 years ago, even when I first started buying stocks, I was buying it more because, you know, you were told, hey, you know, that's just one more way to kind of secure your future, you know, buy some stocks. You know, but so you buy things that were popular, you know, at that time. Because I'm young at that time, and we didn't have easy access to all this information. We didn't have the internet for like things like that. You didn't have brokerage accounts that you can set up and there was no fees and all that other stuff. No, it was, it was a game that was pretty much set up for a certain type of group of people. 
Okay, you know, there's more of something elite. Yeah, there's people like us that could dib and dab in and get an index fund, and then you feel like you've done something. But there were people who were hedge funds who were like killing it, the Ray Dalios of the world and all that, and Bill Ackman. You know, these people, and Warren Buffett, and, you know, even at that time, just like even Bill Gates. You know, but when you sit there and say those names, then you look at yourself like, oh, I'm not in that circle. So you say, yeah, I'll just keep my little index fund and be happy. At least, I, at least I'm in the game, you know, at that point. At least I feel like I'm securing something for the future. But, you know, but the thing is, once I get, you get into it or whatever, you get into it. And, yeah. and, and that's, then it gets to the thing, almost with anything that you're excited about. I'm like, look, dude, I've heard, I've heard you say skateboard more in 2020 than probably the entire time I've known you. Yeah, Why? No, because no, you're immersed in it right now. Casual interest in skateboarding. Yeah. No one would even look at me and think that I would ever go skateboarding. And I'm sure it's amusing to anyone who sees me on the board. Because Dude, you threw me <laughs> off like I saw that video. The guys on skateboards. <laughs> Dude, like the first time I saw like on your Instagram store, I was like, is this fool skateboarding in his house? What is he doing? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and even you, it was funny because Raina was looking at you like that. I was like, okay, Raina even agrees with me because she's looking at you like all weird, like, daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, but then. Yeah, cool, because Raina, Raina is so fast, right? I go running with her. She's just, yeah. I just see her in front of me running away, getting, getting smaller in the distance. Right. But uh, now, now at night when there's no one at the park, I get on the skateboard. There's a little, there's a one part of the trail is lit up. And I just take her off leash, and we just skate up and down that several times. She goes running after me like a wild animal, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So now, now, so now, now, when she sees this skateboard, she gets excited. She, yeah, she like, knows. It's like, oh yeah, go running. <laughs> yeah, she's, looking, she's looking at her brothers like, oh well, see you guys later. <laughs> see you, Grover. <laughs> oh, yo, Grover's older now. He's at a slower pace, and he'll yeah. come out too. But I just let him sniff around. He just goes around at his own pace. He wants to check out everything in the field. She wants to run after me. So I found a way to manage both energies because they're polar opposites. He's an oh, older yeah. guy. He, he wants to sniff around, roll on the grass, <laughs> take his time. She right. wants to run around like a crazy person. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, it, like I said, and then, like, probably the next day I saw you do it again. And then I saw you do it again in your store. I, was, I said, okay. I said, all right, Mike's found him something new here. You know, before we, <laughs> before we even talked about it. You know, I was like, I said, okay, because I know you. I know your personality. I was like, okay, he's he's immersing himself. This is this is something that he's very much interested in. Oh, yeah, I go, well, once I, well, I mean, I try a lot of things. A lot of things don't stick, right? You try it, yeah. like, oh, it's not really for me. But when I try something and it sticks, I get a little obsessive about it. I go I go balls deep into that yeah, direction. <laughs> I don't mess around. Like this one lady saw me with three different boards. She's like, "Wow, you know, you, you take you say this. This is no joke for you. You take this seriously." And I was like, "Yeah, it's fun. I'm having a good time with this. You know, I've, I've yeah. been excited about a hobby for a while, so I'm, I'm taking this in." Exactly, man. So you know, that's one of the. I feel like I said, like we were talking about earlier, that's one of the benefits of the whole pandemic thing for a lot of people. It made it really renewed or introduced. You know these. Things that they, in their mind, they probably felt like they never had time for before because it just had life going on. But then life stopped going on as they knew it. And it's just like, okay, I can, I'm, I'm, I've watched everything on Netflix now. Okay. I'm done with this. I, it's like, I'm all out of Netflix at this point. What do I do now? You know, I can't go to the club. I can't go hang out with my friends. I can't, hell, I can't even go visit family for the holidays. You know, I could, but it'd be very risky. What do right. I do? You know, what do I do with the small circle that I can participate with or with my my own free time for myself? And that's what a lot of people are doing. It was one of those things like we were talking about in this episode, just kind of talk about like the highlights of 2020. And so, you know, like our predictions for 2021 and our goals or whatever. You know, like I said, one of the highlights for me of 2020, 
is that we saw this influx. Cause we just talking about this. I saw this influx of new entrepreneurs, yeah. people that finally, you know, they, they got over the whole it's too risky when it became something that was very necessary or when it became something just like you were saying, they immersed themselves in this thing they thought was a hobby. But then all of a sudden, other people start paying attention and start asking questions. And next thing you know, these people are constantly DMing them or wanting to see more videos on this thing that these people are doing. And it's like, next thing you know, they're saying, man, you need to sell that. Or you ever thought about like doing, you know, having a business with this? And some people are like, okay, why not? You know, it's not like I have to worry about going to work all day and not having time because once I get off work, I got to come home and deal, you know, deal with my family and get spend time with them. And then I'm just tired because, you know, just being out in the rat race or whatever. Now they're like, well, I'm sitting home all day anyway. These kids over here on Zoom all day at school, you know, in the other room, which is just weird to say, <laughs> you know. And um, so it's like, yeah, I can go. Well, I know they're going to be occupied and I actually know what they're doing. I'm going to go in the other room in this makeshift office that I have or if you have an office at home. You know, I'm going to go work on this project. And then next thing you know, they're rec- they're doing stuff. They may be recording stuff on Zoom themselves and releasing things. And next thing you know, oh, here's a little slow stream of income coming in. Then it starts to build up and build up. And here we are. 10, 11 months later, and it's a full-on business now. And they they never in their wildest dreams, they probably thought that they could make a business out of doing certain things. You know, even if they were just flipping shoes or just using sites like Poshmark and, and sites like that where they just, okay, first of all, I got a closet full of freaking clothes here that I don't wear. What can I do with it? And they're just sitting there and they're selling it on, like I said, sites like Poshmark and, and Facebook Marketplace, and they, people are buying it, you know, because – yeah, they're all thinking the same thing. People can't go out and shop like they wanted to, you know, and they're thinking like, well, once this pandemic is over, I, you know, here's my opportunity to have wear new clothes or have a whole new out, you know, wardrobe, but without breaking the bank. So they're buying stuff on these sites where people just kind of flip in their clothes, you know, and next thing you know, it's a business. And next thing you know, somebody's asking, like, hey, I want to do that too. How do I do that? And this person's been immersed in it for the last eight, nine months. Okay, they're just like, okay, well, I'm just join me on Zoom or whatever, and I'll show you guys how I did it and go from there, and I can help you. I can mentor you on it, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they got a mentoring business. Next thing you know, they got a coaching business, and they got a they got some passive income because they have an info product that they did during this pandemic talking about these different things, like, you know, these different ways of creating income for yourself. You know, that's pretty much pandemic-proof, you know. So then they probably would never – people like us will sit there and talk about that. He's like, uh. That sounds all good, but bro, even that's, you guys, it works for you, but that won't work with my life. But now they found a way. <laughs> it's like, hey, welcome. You know, somebody welcome a little bit of freedom, you know, because, yeah, it's going to take work. You know, you're not going to be a millionaire overnight. You know, it, it, you still got to put in work. But the thing is, I don't know, man, it's just something about when you're putting in work for something that belongs to you, it feels way different than working so hard for something that truly is not yours, that, that it can be taken from you. You know, really quickly, like someone can just fire you one day. Like, oh, we're cutting back. Oh, we're doing furloughs. We have to do this and then the other. And even though you're probably one of the hardest working people in that company and they still can sit there, fix their mouth and tell you they got to lay you off. You know, there's something that can really just eat at your soul when you feel that, you know, when you hear that. Whereas yeah, this, when, I, when I look at risk, I go working for someone else. It, it just this this pandemic has shown how risky it is to yes. work someone else because your income can go from whatever it is to zero just like right. that now when you run a business you have ups and downs you're not going to make the same income every year some years it's going to be up some years it'll be a little bit lower maybe it's some years it's even a lot lower but right. it's it's highly unlikely that it's going to go from let's say 
a three hundred thousand dollar income to zero in a month. Right. right. Unless you were doing something really shady. Yeah. Like, unless, unless you had an Herbalife business, you know, <laughs> and then you got busted. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be signs. Like, you have warning signs, right? Like I've had warning signs in my business. I'm like, okay, I'm, I mean, I'm going in the, I'm in a, in a wrong trajectory right now. So let right. me steer the ship back. Now you have signs of that. And mm-hmm. if you pay attention to them, you can pivot and get back to where you want to go. But you actually have that option. Now, you could be working for someone else, and you're just busy doing whatever you need to do. Meanwhile, management is talking about who they're going to lay off and when they're going to do it. And then a week later, you're one of those people. Yeah, and, and they've known for months, and they're like, hey, you know, come December 31st, we're going to have to cut like 25% of the, of, of the team. And they haven't told you. And this was back in July when they made this decision. <laughs> you know, they didn't tell you anything. That you're coming in every day, and they're like, oh, Mahler, good job, man. And, you know, I need you to do this, this, and this. Thank you. And it's so funny. The day they know they're going to fire you, they still have you come to work that day. Right. Hey, can you can you can you can you just stay um and work about two more hours? You know, after close on this one project, sure. The, uh, and the they, last job I ever had was like that, right? The last job I had before I got into this, I remember my boss, former boss, took me out for a drink. It's like, why are we going out for a drink for you to tell me I'm fired? Just tell me I'm fired, so I can go <laughs> right? home. Like, I want to hang out with you after you just told me I'm fired. So anyway, he tells me I'm fired, and then he goes, you know, we still expect you to come in for the last week. I was like. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you expect, motherfucker. <laughs> right. Fire me. What are you going to do? You're going to fire me again? You're already fired. <laughs> not like I'm going to use your bitch ass as a reference if I go right. try to pursue another job. You know, like I never put one someone down for a reference who's not a friend of mine who I tell them what to say. You know? Right. <laughs> I don't just put down anybody. I don't know what the fuck they're going to say. It's like a lawyer putting someone on the stand and you don't know what they're going to say. It's like, no, you know exactly what that person's going to say before right. you put them up there. So, I mean, it's, and yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember when I didn't show up for that list last week, I'm getting these phone calls like, oh, you know, this is a big problem. You know, you're supposed to be in here. I was like, I don't give a fuck where I'm supposed but, to be. Hold on. I, I'm busy working on my business it, now. It's a big problem that you're not showing up for a job you don't have. I'm like, it's a big yeah. problem that you're still calling me. It's a big problem that you still have my phone number on your Rolodex because that, no, it's a, it's that, that's how long problem. ago it was. <laughs> yeah, it's a big problem. You didn't give me two weeks notice and pay right. for those two weeks where you gave me nothing. You just... You just told me it's over, and then you still have to come in for next week. I go, no, I'm taking that week off as a notice. <laughs> right. I'm not coming in here. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're, we're done. It's like, come on. It's like someone that just all of a sudden you've been in a relationship, and then they tell you, like, okay, we, we need we need some space. Okay, and then a week later, like, oh, but I still need you to continue to pay my bills. We don't live together. What are you talking about? No, but I need you to still pay my rent, you know, at least for the next two weeks. You know, you just can't just stop paying the rent. Like, I'm done with you. You broke up with me. What do you want? <laughs> it's like, don't lose my number. Why don't you? <laughs> like, come on. We're, I'm no longer emotionally, like, responsible for you at this point. So don't even ask. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious, man. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing. about are talking about this pandemic again. It's one thing that I've done personally, too, and it's, happened a little bit organically is that I just give people some more time. And I'm just talking about regular folks, people that I don't, that are not close friends of mine, but you get into these little interactions Yeah. because I can tell how stressed a lot of people are. So I'm talking to someone and then we're just having a little interaction and then they start telling me about things they're stressed out about. Now in the past I would be like, okay, you know, sorry to hear about that. Let me keep it moving because I got shit to do. Right. <laughs> you know? 
And that, or, or I would go into solution mode. I'm like, okay, here's a couple of things you could do. Now I'm not doing either one of those things now. You're just, just being here, man. You know, yeah, just, that they, they need someone to talk to. I happen to be right there. I can give this person a little bit of my time. I'm not saying I spend two hours listening to their whole story, but right. I, I can, I can sit there for a few minutes where there's someone at the gym and we're just doing a quick stop and chat. I used to be at the gym where when I walked in and I put my headphones on, oh, I was yeah. like, no one bother me. You know, I'm here to work out. I'm not here to socialize. But now, now I have a little bit of a different take. Yeah, sure, I still want to put in a good workout, but when someone wants to do a little quick stop and chat, people I like, that's okay. Let me, I, I like the interaction too, because a lot of us aren't getting the interactions, and it's, it's not a big deal for me to take a few minutes here and there for people, especially when I talk to people. I mean, I was at a restaurant not too long ago, and with Raina after we went hiking, and I was just getting a little meal at this this place in Boulder City, and there was an older gentleman there who is a widower. And he he just started talking to me. And as he was talking, I was going, you know, he's a nice guy. He's a very cool guy. But I could also tell he's a very lonely guy. Now, this yeah. guy's wife died 10 years ago. And I can't imagine how stressful that is for, I mean, he was with this woman for 50 years or something like that, long time. And, and, it was, and I can tell he's a lonely guy. You know, he comes out here because the staff is friendly and all that. And I talked to him for probably 20 minutes. And I could tell it, it made his day. And it made my day, too. He was a cool guy. So that that's one thing that I've that's I've noticed change about my personality is that um, I'm more patient with people, give people more more compassion, and not that I wasn't compassionate before, but I'm always an action guy. I'm always like, you know what, I got stuff to work on. You guys figure that out. <laughs> you know? Right. And that, that, that brings me. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and that brings me to like the second thing, like a highlight of 2020 for me was, um, you know, for about a month. I mean, yeah, you extended it, you know, but for for the majority of everyone for about a month after things really kind of just like started with this pandemic, like around the beginning of the spring, you know, for about a month, we had a nine twelve moment, you know, and what I mean by that, if anybody was around during nine 11, you know, to my people always talk about nine 11, how it changed lives or whatever. But in my opinion, what really changed a lot of lives was the day after nine yeah. twelve because that seemed like I've never seen the world, you know, so tolerant. There were people that weren't even in New York or in the United States. They were also more tolerant and right. it's just people were, were human, you know, uh, collective, like collectively they were human and more compassionate and just really kind of do what you were just doing. It's like, even if they weren't there and couldn't understand, you know, they were there and like, Hey man, you know, just there to talk to you. And specifically here in the States, you had people all from all different cultures who, you know, and different financial backgrounds and whatever, even them, they came together. It's like, okay, at the end of the day, I'm no longer just rich or a person that lives in the suburbs or I live in the hood or, you know, I'm somebody that lives in low-income housing, whatever. It's like, at the end of the day, I'm a human being. And this is probably one of the, in in their lifetimes, in our lifetimes, one of the most tragic things that happened to a, a group of human beings in all these different locations on the same day during the same time. It's just like, what the hell? Like, all of us at that moment, collectively felt vulnerable okay and when a group of people feeling vulnerable you know it's just like one of two things can happen it could be mass chaos or people can buckle down like hey i got you i got you you know you constantly kept hearing people like yeah well, you know when i'm flying again i wish a, you know what somebody would try to sit there and take over plane we we're not letting that happen <laughs> you know it's just like everybody put their differences down at least for that day and you felt that for a little while and then once things start becoming quote unquote normal again, 
or quote unquote their new normal. I hate that phrase. I don't like using it, you know, because I, it's such a weighted phrase for so many reasons. But once they kind of have this new normal, whatever, people kind of go back to their lives again. And it was like, well, here we are two, three months later, six months later, a year later. It hasn't happened again. Okay. Back to, as you were. And that's kind of like what I saw in 2020. Like for a few months, there's like, Hey, you know, everybody, you know, the phrase was in, we're in this together. Honestly, when they start capitalizing and they start, you know, commercializing togetherness like that, I know we're in trouble. Okay. When they start marketing, you know, actually being human, that's a problem. And so I was like, okay, well, I've been here. I know how this is going to work out. You know, you know, you know, you had things where, you know, we were celebrating our frontline workers. And, you know, that was all good for a couple of months. Then all of a sudden you saw a lot of people kind of turn against them like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, I can't believe you guys are making them do this and do this. And it's just it came it became crazy when the other normal kicked back in. Once people realized, like, oh, you know, I'm still alive, so. I can go back to being my old self, my grumpy self and complaining or whatever. But like I said, for a while, just for a, a while there collectively. And what was crazy this time globally for real, because everybody was feeling it personally worldwide. There was this togetherness there. So like I said, you had this nine twelve moment and which just goes to show me, okay, I've lived through two, two major crises like this from nine eleven to this pandemic. So I, I can truly see the potential for what we can do collectively as human beings. Again, not to go in the woo-woo moment, but it's true. I see the power of, of being connected and what we can do when we're connected and, and not just realizing it's just you and it's all about you and all that. So, yeah, that's that stuff. Naturally, as humans, it comes back like that full circle. But the more and more these situations happen, because yeah, they are, you know, the more and more you really get to see what the human spirit is all about. And so it kind of gives you hope when you just, cause any other time you kind of look like, oh man, humans are doomed. <laughs> There's just so many things that people do on a daily basis. Like, oh my God, how, how are you still functioning? How are you alive? How did you make it this far? You know, some people you're like, how are you not getting punched in the face every day? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but you have these little glimpses of, you know, what we can be collectively. And it's like, oh, you know what? It may not be as bad as it feels at this time. So. That, like I said, being through two crises like that within two, like two decades of each other, you know, just like, okay, we're, we're not just getting, we're not getting worse. We're just getting more forgetful. Okay. Really forgetting who we truly are and who, and who we are in, as individuals and collectively. And every now and then we kind of need that little wake up call to remind us who the F we really are at times, you know? Oh, definitely. But, um, yeah, and the last little highlight is that, um, for me, 2020 also proved the importance, something I talk about a lot here on the show, but proved the importance of being prepared. And when I say that, not just with, you know, getting ready for a pandemic or something like that, but, you know, being prepared not only with your health, but with your essentials and, and your, like, food and pretty much your lifestyle and also with your financial situation. You really start looking at things like, okay, do I really need to spend so much on this and consume so much of that? And how healthy am I really? Because, you know, when you ask people, you know, especially you and I, when we're coming from the fitness world, when you first encounter a client, it's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. And we already know that's cold word for they're not in good shape. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, straight up. Or I eat pretty healthy. We already know what that means. It's like, yeah, getting a processed, healthy meal in a box 
at Whole Foods does not mean you're healthy or just because it says organic. When someone actually is eating healthy, they don't need to tell you. They don't need to tell you. Exactly. (laughs) It's obvious that they're eating healthy. They have clear skin. Their energy is good. They look vibrant. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, they don't have to sit there and project it like that. So, uh, hold on. Just like somebody's at the door. Go ahead, Mike. Um, I guess, like. Well, I'll talk about you. Go ahead and take care of that. I'll talk about these these other kids that have been really inspiring to me. So these there's there's these two guys. They're young guys. I think they're about twelve years old, and they're entrepreneur. They they got into an entrepreneurial endeavor when they were just putting up Christmas decorations because they were using traditional decorations with hooks, and they were cumbersome and they were falling off the tree. So they came up with this hook replacement that snaps into place. And it was, they, they did it as a school project, and other parents and teachers were so impressed with what they saw that these kids were motivated to start a business. Now, here's the part that's crazy. People talk about, I don't know if I could be an entrepreneur. Well, here's two kids, not even teenagers yet, who put this business together, came up with the business plan, got the patents, you name it, and they made $250,000 in revenue just this year. And I think they started maybe six months ago. They didn't yeah. even start that long ago. And here's the part that I really like. They're donating proceeds. They're taking 10% of that and donating it to animal shelters. Both of these kids are animal lovers. And they, mm-hmm. in this little interview, they said they want to help as many animals as possible. So it's just, it's really heartening to see kids in particular that are so yeah. selfless and so driven. And it's motivating. It's like, wow, look at these kids. I mean, they're taking charge of this. Because they don't have all that doubt that comes with being an adult. Exactly. The thing adult is you've had people tell you that's not going to work probably a million times. You bring up an idea and your friends are like, oh, come on, that's not going to work. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I could get into this. It's like, oh, why would you want to do that? So we just keep getting this negativity over and over again. And then eventually it can someone can get so to the believe it. They don't think anything is possible. Right. Instead of just questioning the source of where it's coming from. You know, it's just like. Yeah, why why don't why don't you feel that? Well, first of all, don't give them that energy. They even ask them why they don't think it's going to work. But I'll just like I said, know your source. So when someone says, "Oh, that won't work," look who you're talking to, and then you have to ask yourself, "Okay, what has this person done?" Yeah, you know, and based on your expertise as what? <laughs> exactly. And if they've done it and they failed at it, be yourself. Like, okay, you know this person, their personality. It's not about the actual thing that they were doing wasn't working. This person was just not a good fit for whatever that was. You know, especially with their personality. I mean, they're lazy. They're they're negative. What do you expect? You know, they they're they're risk adverse. So of course they'll say these things that they're saying to you. So and you got to ask yourself, like, okay, that's that is none of my business. Has nothing to do with me. Just because it didn't work for you, hey, <laughs> what does that have to do with me? Right. So that's why I was like, a lot of times, keep what you're doing to yourself, because there's yeah. always a person that has a problem for your solutions, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And that's what I love about kids. Like I said, like you were mentioning, you know, they pretty much have this clean slate for the most part, you know, just depending because there's some some parents that start from day one already trying to tell these kids, trying to show these kids what they can't do. And the kid is like, dude, I haven't even learned how to speak yet. Calm down. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like, oh, why are you trying to walk? Sit your butt down somewhere. Like he's going to have to walk one day. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't carry that child forever. You know, there are those parents. They have those kids who are like going, they have this eight year old in a stroller. Like, okay, what are we waiting on here? Okay. It's like straight up. Like, let this kid walk. Let him fall. Let him bump his ass a few times and realize like, okay, I need to improve. Like, hitting my ass on the floor doesn't feel good. I have to do something better. I got to figure something out. 
I'm going to grab this table so I get these steps down. And so, and, and what the problem is a lot of us as adults forget that we did that as a child. You know, we figured out a better way and make it more efficient and less painful. And then we got good at it, whether it's walking, riding a bike, riding a skateboard, you know, all of that. But then somewhere along the way, you know, first time we felt some pain and we realized, oh, it's going to keep hurting like this. And I don't like pain, so I'm not doing this again. And that comes with anything, taking risks with, like I said, a new opportunity or with a relationship or whatever. It's like, I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want to feel that because they're thinking about how it felt the last time. I'm like, that was the last time, though. Let it go. It may not be that way this time around. You know, it could actually be a lot better. I mean, I think a lot of us just don't get that support structure. Like Carol always jokes about me and my brother, Roger. She goes, you know, when I first started dating you and then I met your brother, she's like, I can tell you guys haven't been complimented a lot you know, throughout your life. <laughs> you can see how, like, uncomfortable Roger would get if she gave him a compliment. So I'm like, yeah. oh, so smart. You figured out this car problem. And he don't just be like, <laughs> like, these silly reactions. Yeah. <laughs> All goofy and stuff like that. That's, right. That's your brother, big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I never really thought about that until she brought it up. And it's not like I didn't have loving parents. I did, but they were they were just not the most effusive parents with praise. Right. You can sit right. there. You know, they would sometimes tell their friends, you know, but not not to me so much. <laughs> right. And, that, and that's all fine and good. But the thing, but what happens is when you when you grow up in that. Uh, you, you don't see the world as a place full of possibilities, right? You right. see it as a place full of restrictions. Like, okay, you have to get a regular job. At, at some point, you got to grow up and get a regular job. You can't just be have more practical, time. you know, yeah, be, be was, realistic. <laughs> yeah. And you have to remember, I was a kid that was really into the hardcore scene and metal music. I'm going to concerts. I'm seeing adults, but they're only a few years older than me at this point, most of the time, up on stage having a blast, doing these unconventional lifestyles. And this right. is pre-internet, so it wasn't as if there was thousands of internet entrepreneurs killing it and people on fucking YouTube making six figures, putting up dumbass clips. You know, none of that stuff existed back then. But I always looked at people that had these different lifestyles, unconventional lifestyles, and I always found that appealing. I go, that's cool. You know, they're doing something completely different. And then I would look at people like my father and other his friends and so forth, and, and what they do – did not appeal to me at all. It was this very boring, just kind of cookie-cutter lifestyle of, I'm going to go to a job, I'm going to wear a suit. Yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to come home. My dad was always irritated when he came home. He was always in an irritated mood. And it seemed like, okay, well, you know, that's just part of life. People go put in a day, they come home, they're irritated, they need some alone time. I was like, fuck all that shit, fuck that game. I want to do something I'm really into. And Dana White made a good point, too, when he said, people that chase fuck you money, you already know you're in the wrong place. Right. Like, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to tell the boss to fuck off. He goes, that, that's the wrong mentality to have. It's like you want to find something that is so exciting to you that you can't wait for Monday when the weekend is up. Like, man, I can't wait for Monday so I can get back to work. I mean, not everyone is going to achieve that, but that that's the direction you want to go in as opposed to – Monday through Friday, I'm just going to have to suffer, and I'll try to make up for it on the weekends and vacations. That That's not going to work for me. Other people, maybe it works. But me as a young guy, I knew that wasn't going to work for me. And I tried doing that traditional bullshit. I had regular jobs, several regular jobs out of college. And the last one that I got laid off from, that was the final straw. I go, fuck this shit. This racket is not for me. I'm not remotely happy. Most importantly, I'm not remotely happy doing it. I don't care if I make significantly less. I want to do something I enjoy. And if that's the right mentality you want to have going into something. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, 
Yeah, that whole living for the weekend thing—that's that's ass. You're like, dude, it's it's five days away, really. <laughs> <laughs> and and with that life, those are the longest five days ever. But those and those and that weekend is the shortest two days ever. It's like, man, it's already Monday. That's why you always see people posting like, oh man, Monday's this Monday. I'm like, dude, you're alive on a Monday. There's a lot of people who can't make who can't make that statement. They're not right. here. You know, that's how I always look at it. Anytime I see that post, like, oh man, I, I, I tomorrow's Monday. I often hate Mondays. I'm like, yeah, you say that now because you're still alive on Sunday. <laughs> Mess around and don't make it till tomorrow. You're like, you know what? <laughs> Mondays weren't that bad before in that other life. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I'll give anything to have another Monday. Or better yet, your loved ones would love for you to have another Monday if you didn't make it to that next day. Right. You know, so. Yeah, it's like it all sounds, you know, fine and good. And a lot of times they just say that because it's just a thing to say. You know, it's been accepted as that's what you say. Everybody hates Mondays. I'm like, I'm good. I love Mondays. I'm good. <laughs> so and yeah, Monday, Monday, and now I'm doing I'm doing something now where I look I'm like I'm looking forward to Mondays because hey, I get to get back in all the things I've said. I get to try to put it into play that I've learned in the market. Like, okay, come on, ring that bell. Let's go. Let's get this going. You know. Right. So right. before when I first got into this. The weekends were a hindrance. I'm like, God, it's like, well, why is the market not like seven days a week? And then I discovered futures. I'm like, well, look at this. There's a solution for this. <laughs> you can still trade or whatever, or at least still study what's going on, you know, on, during those other two days. And so, again, it's just like when you really find something, man, that gets you like going or whatever, you don't care what day it is. Any day that you can participate in that thing that you're immersing yourself in, that's a good day. It doesn't matter what it is like. Hey, I'm excited about this thing on every day that ends in Y. Okay, <laughs> something about that. Well, I mean, during this whole thing, I started because I had a lot of time on my hands. Like I was talking to friends on Skype, and then I was having good conversations. And then I go, "Man, why don't I start recording some of these?" Kind of like how you and I started this show. You and I would have good conversations, and we're like, "Well, shit, we could we could do a show together. We yeah. we vibe off each other really well." So I started doing that, and that's been fun. And what what I, what I have a totally different approach than most people when they're putting together any kind of show. What do most people do? They think, okay, how do I get the high-profile guests to get the most numbers, to get sponsors, and blah, 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 all that bullshit. Me, my attitude was totally different. It's like I don't care about the numbers. The only thing I care about is having an interesting conversation. If I talk to someone, and after an hour, I'm like, God, that was a shitty conversation, <laughs> that, that would be, which hasn't happened yet, that would be disappointing to me. But I also wanted to get people on that you're never going to see on other people's shows. And it's not because they're not interesting. It's because they're not some kind of Internet sensation or famous in any way. Right. They're just regular people doing interesting things that are interesting people to talk to. And that, that, that's been – and then I, I really like that because now you're seeing people that you've never even heard of. Now, a lot of people are not going to bother watching because <laughs> they've never heard of these people. Right. But I'm not worried about that because I'm not doing it for that. I'm not doing this as like some clever way to build up my business, you know, take it through the next level. I just want to have good conversations, put it out there, and whoever thinks it's a good conversation can watch, whether it's 100 people or 500 people or fucking 10 people, you know, right. or no people. As long as, as long as I had a good time doing it, that it's going in the right direction. And it's, it, it, you just get better at the skill of having a conversation too. So it's good practice. Exactly. So, I mean, you really get to practice actually listening, listening to someone and speaking with someone instead of just talking to someone 
and right. waiting for your turn to talk where you're not actually absorbing what they're saying, you know, and, and going from there. And that's become two things like the, the art of conversation and the art of discourse are two dying like entities in this world. And when I talk about that last part, you know, the art of discourse, the ability to actually agree to disagree and still be cordial to each other. That's pretty much becoming the thing that's going out of the, the window in this cancel culture environment that we're in. Well, I'll put it like this. The cancel culture, I won't say it's, it's an environment. I'm just saying it gets highlighted way too much to make it seem like the world is becoming this cancel culture right. type thing. And honestly, if you actually get out, get off your computer or get off your phone or step away from your television and actually go out, you'll notice that a lot of people you encounter are not like that. <laughs> you know, really not like that. And the majority of people you see on the Internet doing that, they're not like that either in real life. They're not, they're not really participating in that culture. They're faking it online because they can be anonymous with it. But to have to be who they are in real life and do that, a lot of them are not doing it. It's just, you get this minority of people who just keep getting featured over and over and over who are like the ringleaders of this cult, this cancel culture. And to, they try to fool you into thinking this is how everyone feels. The whole, the whole country is divided. You kept hearing over and over and over. I'm like, really? Because, like I said, I can drive around, even when we had the election going on, I can drive around my neighborhood and there's somebody with Biden sign right there next to a Trump sign, you know, and I didn't see them trying to burn each other's houses down. Right. <laughs> During that time, you know, right. and guess what? After the election was over, their signs are gone. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they've gone back to their life now. It's like, all right, I did my, I did my part for the person that I supported. And now I'm moving on with my life. I'm going to just have to just accept whoever it is or not accept it, but what can you do? You know, and they move on with their life. But again, I don't see them trying to burn each other's houses down in the process. You know, yeah, I, I agree. I, I talk to people at the dog park who, and there's a variety of ethnic groups, both genders, different political views. Everybody gets along. Multiple genders. So and, and multiple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now, well, that, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any if there's anyone who uses certain pronouns in this group and nothing comes to mind. But yeah, now we. <laughs> so I don't get canceled. I have to <laughs> right use these terms here. But people get along, and it's not that we don't talk politics either. People bring up certain things, but it doesn't get heated where people are like, "Oh, you fucking idiot," and you know, "You're stupid about this." It's more right. of a discourse, and it's not something people take all personally, where everyone's all butt hurt at the end of it. It's like, you know, fuck <laughs> right. that guy and all that. So, so I think all this divisiveness that we keep hearing about in the media, that's, that's not the reality that I see out there. You know, right. I see most people getting along. Most people are polite to each other. Most people are friendly to each other, regardless of what their political background is or religious or background. Religious, exactly. Or sexual orientation. It's not, it's not like people are leading off. Like you meet someone new it's like, you see a stranger and they're like, hello. And then you say like, Hey, are you gay or straight? Wait, <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> or are you, are you gender fluid? You got gender fluids. What, what is, what are we, I'm like, dude, I just, all I said was hello. I'm like, Oh yeah. What's your, what's your yearly income? <laughs> you know, what's your tax status? Like what? No one's doing that. Okay. Right. But you know, in, the majority of the media and everything will have you believe that's how divided we are to the point like, well, you're going to make sure this person's over here rocking on quote unquote your team, or you just, you won't deal with them. Like, nah, if that's the case, then yeah, we can even do that. Even if we were talking about the same ethnicities, you know, there are various shades of black skin, you know, in this world, especially, you know, and even in America. So if we were going by that, it's like, oh, well he's, 
2% lighter than I am as far as his skin tone. I don't talk to that guy. He's not one of us. And then, <laughs> then you realize that your brown and my brown don't match either. So now we're not, you don't mess with me either. So that's how, well, yeah, we're divided like that, man. It's just like, you know, either you're this or you're that. No, there's no such thing as either this or that. There is some balance in there. There's that gray area that no one wants to talk about because it's not sexy to talk about. You know, there's, it's really not, but it's more provocative to have these polarizing viewpoints because it sells. It sells. Yeah. It gets people riled up. And especially when you don't take a breath and realize like, ah, you mother effers, you are trying to manipulate me and trying to get me to feel a certain way. Uh, F you. I'm, I'm logging off now. Nice try though, Anderson Cooper. You know, nice try. You know, or whoever else depends on what channel you're watching. You know, it's like, oh, you, you tried it, but it didn't work. Especially when you realize like, wait a minute, all these idiots are working for the same people, even though they're trying to act like they're opposed to the other guy. But at the end of the day, they're all part of the same system, you know, and the system is just to get you riled up and make you believe into something that's really not true. It's really not true, but they're trying to make it a truth. So, yeah, there's that. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I don't believe we're as divided as people want to say, you know, not on the a person to person level. Now, there are other ways of doing it. You know, there's other ways of doing it, like, you know, put a family in a situation where everyone's not working anymore. And now this middle class person has become lower class, you know, yeah. and, and then you prop up these corporations and keep them open and they end up getting richer. And you give them, you know, a, a, a freaking spending bill with favors them mostly. But you give the average American six hundred dollars, you know, and, you know, we, we joke about, you know, welfare, you know, the people who are so anti welfare, but they accept these you need stimulus checks and they're part of the welfare system. Like I said, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that or, or good with that. But the fact is, take a, take a look though. And who really benefited from these packages? I mean, the so-called richest of the rich are the ones who got the biggest welfare check. And it's these big giant corporations. And that should bother people. That should bother people collectively at that point. And that's when you realize, okay, if you want to talk about divisiveness, that's, that's divisiveness. Okay. Right there. You know, these entities that are not even human, for the most part, they're getting bigger favor than you are. So the person you're arguing with, y'all are in the same boat. You're on the tail end. You're in the back car on, on Snowpiercer. You're back to eating that brown block or whatever the crap that is, you know, on that train. You're not at the front of the train right there. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I see it. So, like I said, just take a breath and just realize, like, okay, what, what am I really getting upset about again? You know, what is this person trying to get me pissed off about? Yeah, nice try. No, I'm good. So, and that comes from just knowing who you are as a person, too. And I think that's one of the benefits of this whole pandemic. People got to spend a lot of time with themselves. Oh, <laughs> now, yeah. sometimes that turned out way differently, as you know, as the OnlyFans channels are starting to grow more and more. <laughs> but <laughs> so, hey, and for those that don't know what OnlyFans is, don't Google it if you still actually still have a job. Don't Google that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, man, like I say, Spending a lot of time with yourself and getting to know who you truly are, you know, that's one of the benefits that's come from this pandemic. From, you know, well, I guess the other thing I've got into is I, I'm a guy who likes going into nature, but for whatever reason, I wasn't going to Red Rock that often or Lake Mead or the wetlands or some really nice areas in Vegas. And I've been doing that a lot since this whole thing happened. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. It's great. I was at the wetlands with Carol over the weekend. and That's the second time I've been there probably in the last couple of weeks. And there's a there's an area there where you have this river that just I mean you feel like you're in the middle of Montana in, as long as you don't look around you know then you see this <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but while you're there it's several acres of land that is 
that, that feels like a natural habitat. It's really nice. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there on this rock watching this river. I could have sat there for hours. It was so relaxing. I go, man, I'd love to hear this while I'm sleeping. You just get a lawn chair, prop it up right there, have a nice beverage. I can spend a lot of time out there. So I've just been slowing things and it's been good for me. I just, I'm, I'm, I haven't fought this slowing down things, meaning I'm doing more things that are relaxing. I'm giving people more time just to, just to be a cool guy, just to be neighborly, just to be compassionate, just to see if I can help someone out. I've been over tipping people everywhere I go, whether it's a restaurant or a valet person, you know, as long as they're cool. If they're an asshole, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any tip. (laughs) Certainly not going to over tip, but I've seen how much, how much people appreciate that when you do their, their whole face just lights up because they're, and they're sometimes you'll have these quick interactions of I've, I've just been struggling so much recently and I'm trying to keep it together. And that this, this makes my day. I was like, man, that's all it took was just giving you a little bit more than you expected. And hey, but, you, you, but you might be helping out the next person that they interact with now because now you yeah. shifted their mood and now, you yeah. know, they're sharing that same energy now with the next person. And right. just hopefully the, the the supply chain will continue, hopefully, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, one good thing about that also by you being in nature and I mean, dude, I find myself now like where we live now, like we have this big backyard and yeah. we're further out of the city. I can tell the difference just by the air quality. You know, sure. it's, it's crisper out here. It's cleaner. I'm not sitting up here when I wipe my nose, getting like a little bit of black soot or, you know, I'm kind of coughing up phlegm because, you know, being right there in the city where we were living and that close to one of the most one of the busiest freeways in the country, which is I-10, you know, there's a lot of just crap in the air that you didn't realize you're taking in. Until you cough up some of this stuff or you wipe your nose, you're like, oh, is that black soot? What the hell? You know, but whereas now I can definitely tell things are cleaner. I just sit there, dude, and just when the, I let the dogs out, I just go in the backyard. I'm just sitting there, dude, just, you know, just taking it all in, just enjoying that air and just feeling the breeze because it's so quiet out here as well. And like, these are the things I kind of, this is what I grew up with. So there's a part of me that's been kind of just locked away, you know, since being in a city for so long. That is actually had a chance to come out and like, dude, you remember this? Like, you truly appreciated this. Yeah, and, and you realize, like, okay, I kind of take, I took this for granted. Yeah, I've been, I go outside, I do, I'll train outside, whatever else. But it's a different appreciation, you know, during this time. And oh, yeah. for, like I said, for a lot of us, it's like it's kind of getting in touch with something. Uh, get, it's like basically you're getting reacquainted with an old friend that you haven't seen in a long time, and that's that person that true that truly appreciate the simple things, and not all the other stuff. And it's truly just stuff. And you're like, damn, dude, like this right here. And then you realize, like, okay, crap doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Even when you think you're simplifying, even when you're simplifying, you're making that a complicated process. Because you're making it this process like, oh, I'm going to live simpler. You know, I'm going to start cutting things out. It becomes this thing. You know, instead of just really looking like, okay, how did you get in the first place that you need to, like, start letting all this stuff go? Like, that's let's focus on that and how not to head back into that place because now we truly realize what that place was doing to you and it wasn't working for you. So like, yeah, man, I truly just like, man, like you said, I could sit there. I could could just sit out there for hours, you know, at a time. And you know, when I'm trading all day, sometimes I'll take, I'll take breaks and that's what I'll just go do. I'm like, at this point now, discipline myself. And I'm like, okay, the only time the market's really moving is the first hour and the second. I mean, the first hour and the last hour of the day. There's no reason to have to sit there and just stare and stare and stare at the screen or whatever, you know, and try to force things to happen. So that's when I'll take that time out and take a break, 
you know, I might go listen to a program, I listen to an audio book or whatever else, but I'm outside, you know, or, or I'm just doing some type of movement. And again, appreciating those things because I'm realizing, you know, last year there were so many people, they won't have that privilege of doing that anymore, moving freely or because they're not here anymore. People lost a lot of people. As a matter of fact, like, dude, as we're recording this, you know, I, I just last night I got the news that I lost a childhood friend. You know, this is the guy who got me. The reason why I really hit this time for me is because this was the childhood friend who actually got me into training and got me into working out. And like we like pretty much like he was like my first like training partner and like really putting together a good program. And basically, we, we played sports and everything together. I mean, our, our mothers were best friends. They worked together for almost 35 years at the same business, at the same um, nursing home. So we pretty much grew up together, me and this guy. And um, and then, dude, it's just a once, you know, my mom called me this morning just to tell me, but I already found out about it because, you know, Facebook, you know, and, you know, just about old classmates and his classmates were all talking about it. But then just come to find out he just got surgery last week. Um, on, I mean, like, I think double knee surgery. So I think it was complications from the surgery. And it was just crazy because I always think back to us training. As soon as my mom told me that, it made sense because I knew he his knees were an issue because, I mean, hell, we were younger, dude. We would put on, we were, it was all about trying to lift as heavy, as much weight as possible, you yeah. know, it just going as heavy as possible. And, you know, we were really into Olympic lifting back then as well. And, yeah, I mean, sure, but, again, <clears throat> I just think about that. And that was one of the reasons why I came to appreciate kettlebell training and all that to really help undo a lot of the missteps that I did during middle and high school that I did to my body and correct some things before they were going to get really out of hand. And for the very reason that he went through, I was trying to make sure that I wouldn't have to get hip surgery and knee surgery and back surgery for something I did 30, 40 years ago. And, you know, so to sit there and think about, so I think at this point right now, they feel like um, it may be, it may have been a blood clot that it came from the surgery, or it may have just been a reaction to the, 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 you know, the, the medication that he had to take after that. But again, it just comes back to, you know, these things that I had already thought about and kind of being preventive for my own body because of the way we trained or whatever. But like I say, it was still one of those things that was kind of, it, it, it hit me hard. There's been a lot of loss this year, but that one was way too close. I mean, he's a year older than I am. I mean, dude is like 49, you know, and it's so crazy, you know, to, to sit there and it's something that came from complications from surgery, you know, and the fact that, you know, again, people, I don't care who you are, you know, at this point, like when you're on this side, of 50 you're not thinking about those type of situations like getting yeah. major knee surgery and then you could you know the fact that you know the, it could be the risk is so high that you could pass away from it you know yeah. just for something that seemed like it was successful a few days ago because he called one of my friends and was saying oh he came through it he was happy and glad it was done and whatever and then a couple of days later he's gone you know it's just and it just puts things in perspective one thing about 2020 that put a lot of things in perspective you know things can be your life can be gone in a blink of an eye. So really appreciate everything around you and not get caught up in all the negative stuff or whatever. It's like, Hey man, I'm here. That means I got another chance to do it right. And that's how I've been looking at it. It's like, okay, I'm not going to waste my time being pissed off and, or getting, getting rattled by some troll that said something on the internet or somebody who's all, Oh, you know, this person, this candidate is doing this. I'm like, I don't care about any of that stuff, man, because dude, I'm here, you know, and I've got another opportunity to do something good in this world, you know? So, so, yeah, man, that, that's how I've been looking at it. And I just look at that reminder each and every day instead of just taking stuff for granted because, you know, 2020 is showing you can't take things for granted.
You don't have time for that. You really don't have time for that. It's definitely yeah. true. And uh, it's, sometimes it, it takes something like that to make you pause, unfortunately, because it's uh, like often when people say like, oh, you know, I, I, I was feeling pretty bad about my situation. Then I met this person that's an even worse situation. Now I feel better about my situation. You know, I get that. <laughs> right. But at the same time, why do you have to beat somebody who's worse exactly. off? Exactly. <laughs> right. <about yourself>? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just saying like, oh, I, I heard about that person's situation and, you know, hey, man. I mean, the best I could offer him is just uh, I could hear him out, you know, so hopefully it made them feel better, you know, that, I, you know, somebody was there to actually listen to their situation. So hopefully that can help change things and turn things, turn things around for them. Now, why not look at it that way and say, like, whoo, I mean, my, my stuff is bad, but damn, it's not bad as that guy. Woohoo. Like, dude, why, what are you doing? Are you like, come on, man. So, yeah, that, yeah. that's it's yeah. always odd when someone says that, like, whoo, I don't have it as bad as that guy. It's like, okay, since you don't, you know, what can you do better? Out yeah. Here for, you know, for who can you help then since you're doing so much better than someone else? Right. Since that guy's not in a position to do it right now, what can you do? And I'm not saying necessarily do it for that guy, but who else can you help? I think that's another important caveat for a lot of people to consider going into 2021 since it's just a few days away or about a week away from now is if you are doing well, you know, what can you do to help other people out who aren't doing well? And that's for each person to figure out on their own. What Maybe there's an organization where you're helping people get access to food or there's an organization where you're helping that kid, someone like Alex Story, just help him raise toy drive fundraising for kids in children's hospitals. Because if you're doing well, if you're in a place where you're doing well, I'm not saying that you have a responsibility to help other people out because that's up to you whether you want to do it or not. I'm not going to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. But me personally, I, I def, I'm a, I'm a giving person and I'm a compassionate person. So when, when I see people suffering, that doesn't make me feel better about my situation. It makes me feel bad for them. And then I start thinking, what can I do to help other people out? It, it, that's something that's meaningful. I'm not just saying, you know, just give people money. Sometimes that's a good thing to do too. But often it's, it's, it's a superficial way to help. It's like you just give someone a little bit of money, you feel better, you go on with your day. Right. It's so passive. You know, it's really that's so easy for, you know, for a lot of folks. Just like, oh, here's twenty dollars. And then, (laughs) you know, oh, here's a dollar, man. You know, then you just drive off. It's like, okay. And so, again, not saying there's something wrong with doing that, because you don't know that that could really be helping that person. But it becomes it becomes very thoughtless after a while. It becomes just this robotic thing. It's just like a default button, like, oh, there's a homeless guy. Here's a dollar. All right, let me go on by my way. And then, you know, you're feeling good by giving that dollar, but then the person driving in front of you is still sitting at the red light when it turns green, and you're blowing your horn and calling him all types of names or whatever <laughs> and getting pissed off at him. It's like, well, that that good deed just and that good feeling you just had went right out the door because now you just became a, a jerk <laughs> to this guy over just a red light, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, that didn't work out very well. So, yeah, well, I mean, coming from the East Coast, where you have the most impatient drivers in the world, especially downtown Washington D.C., where the light turns green and you, if you don't immediately move, oh, I know, behind you, move, you fucking idiot, it's green. You know? Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, people, slow down. And one thing I noticed when I moved, even when I moved to Los Angeles, it's you know the 405 obviously is very similar, but just driving around Santa Monica, I noticed that people are way calmer, way slower, a little slower right. pace. And I liked that because I, I didn't, there's things I like about the East Coast, but I never cared for that 
everybody's always in a hurry. It's like, oh, yeah. what, are you, what are we all doing? We're all in such a hurry. We're so impatient. We're always in a hurry. It's like, what the fuck are we all doing? <laughs> like, like, what do you need to be? And if you know you need to be there at that time, and you know this traffic is this way, then why did you leave a little earlier? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Why is it my fault because you're late? <laughs> okay, so seriously. <clears throat> but yeah, so let me ask you this, man. Like, um, you know, we kind of just talked about, you know, the highlights or whatever. Like, what do you think is, um, like, what are your predictions for 2021? Um, here's some of my predictions. And we talked about this before we started recording. I think that with the vaccination in particular, I think a good percentage of people are going to get it just because they're, they're in a fear-based state and they feel this is the best move for them. And then I think a good percentage of people don't want to get it. But I think what's going to happen, as we both said, is that there's going to be pressure situations to get it if you want to live normally, meaning if you want to fly to another country. A lot of the countries that have banned America may open up to America, but you're going to have to have proof of the vaccination. If you want to go to a concert, it's possible that promoters are going to make that part of the requirement. I don't know. But those those things seem plausible going into next year. But but I, I will say this. I'm very optimistic, honestly, about going into next year. And the reason why I say that is not, I'm not delusional. I just think that we, we know without a shadow of a doubt that what we're dealing with is here to stay for a while. So we have to figure out how to maneuver as best as possible through it. And I see a lot of people doing that already. There's going to be even more people who do that. They're going to figure out ways to not only survive, but thrive. And then we're going to see more people like these kids that are just being a lot more compassionate. We're going to see that. I'd like to see an epidemic of people being really compassionate. That's what I would yeah. like to see. I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's not my prediction. Right. But I would like to see it where you just get tired of hearing about people doing great things. So that's what I would like to see. <laughs> right. I turn on the news and I'm like, oh, man, here's another kid doing something to help oh, us. Another, oh, another feel-good story. Like, man, 30, <laughs> min- 30 minutes of this? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Is there not anything negative happening in the world? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's and, and I I think I think we're going to start moving back in a direction of things opening up probably by the summer next year. I, th- I think this it's going to be a combination of many forces where I think the virus will run its course like every virus ever does. It doesn't mean that this is the last virus we're ever going to deal with. There's no doubt going to be iterations of this, just as COVID is an iteration of other. Right. Of, Assessors that are in the coronavirus family. So this kind of this kind of problem is here for us to stay, and we need to figure out how to to manage that. We need to figure out why these things keep happening. You know, there's different theories about it out there as well. So those things need to be substantiated, so we can make some serious changes at the root cause level to make a strong pivot, so that this is not something that we get over one virus and then boom, two months later there's another virus. Now we're right back to square one. Right. Which kind of goes right into one of my predictions for 2021. Hey, I'm, it may sound very hopeful, but I just feel like this was a wake up call for a lot. So I, I feel like there's going to be a, a greater need to focus on health yeah. and not just, not just yeah. being active individually, but also restructuring of dying dinosaur called the United States healthcare, you know, program like healthcare in general, I think is really about to get a big shift because now I realize that it's very archaic. It can't keep up. There's just no way at this point. And I think this, this virus really exposed how old and 
pretty much outdated our healthcare is here. And whether it's from a professional level where you actually have to go in and get treated all the way down to programs to prevent it from right. being deteriorated. So I think now is, this has been a big wake up call for a lot of folks across the board, you know, down to the, from the individual to the corporations. And so, and trust me, you know, business is going to be business. There are going to be a lot of businesses or whatever corporations that's going to see an opportunity to capitalize, you know, off of this, the way that it was healthcare has just kind of been thrown to the back burner for far too long. So oh, you're yeah. going to see a big shift in everything from insurance, you know, especially going into a more digitized world now. Um, you're going to see, you know, I mean, even in automation, even just with vehicles, you know, just the fact that you don't see the push to get these automatic, you know, self-driving vehicles out on the road, you know, again, because now people can just deal with traffic without being stressed out, being the driver. You know, you have the car taking care of all that and you can sit back and whatever things you need to do, if you are going back to an actual workplace or whatever, you can just sit in your car and do your work. You know, and everything's there. And it's happening. It sounds still, for a lot of people, that sounds far-fetched, but trust me, it's not. It's closer than you think. Um, they're really, and they're really ramping that up. So I really see that happening. And like I said, I really see a restructuring in the way that this country views healthcare and how it approaches it. And then others around the world as well. They're going to realize. So it's just going to be, healthcare is going to be the big focus. And it's, cause the shift has to happen. There's a lot, there's a lot that happened in, in 2020 during this pandemic that probably should not have happened had healthcare really been a priority and not just a political talking point. You know, it was just a whole lot of political speaking. It was a whole lot of verbiage given, but no action. Now right. they realize like the action. Now people are going to really demand that action. They, they don't even want to hear anything that you have to say. If you're in a position of power to actually do something about it, they don't want to hear anything. They want to see what you're doing. Not what you're going to do. They want to see what are you doing now. And there, I think there's going to be a lot of people getting their feet held to the fire at this point because people lost a lot of people that probably shouldn't have lost anyone because like there's talking about a lot of people, you know, may have passed away, you know, with COVID due to pre-existing conditions. Now those pre-existing conditions now, that's the, that's a triggering phrase now. And people are like, okay, how do we avoid that now? What are you doing to make sure those pre-existing conditions start to minimize? You know, and during the quote unquote good times when there is no pandemic, because that's when things need that's when things need to be addressed. Not when the problem has like shown up globally. It's in, it's during those quiet times, kind of like with your food and, and the toilet paper issue that we had. You should be stocking on that, stocking up on that when things are not bad. You know, you should be stocking up on water when things are not bad. OK, not when there's actually like a hurricane or a pandemic. Now you try to rush out at the last minute to grab food, water toilet paper and all that, because guess what? You're not the only one thinking that way. Right. <laughs> so just to mind, just, you stock up during the good times. Okay. So like I said, I, like I said, it's going to be a, I feel like a, a bigger focus on, on health and definitely with individuals. I mean, it pretty much has to be because that was too close. It was, this pandemic has been pretty much like cancer. <clears throat> I, I doubt if there's anyone listening to this episode it has not been touched in some form or fashion by cancer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whether it's family members or a friend or a friend of a friend or a family member's family member or, you know, or a coworker or someone, you know, you can't avoid it. Now, someone has been affected by COVID within reach of, of, of just about everyone listening to this show. You know someone that knows someone. If you're not the actual someone themselves, that's actually dealt with it. You know, so and then that's a, that's a big wake up call. 
It's a big wake up call, especially when you still have cancer still here. <laughs> cancer still here. You know, you've got the flu. All those things are still here. They're just not being talked about, but they're, they're going to still want to claim their set. You know, they want to claim their territory. They're going to let COVID have all of it, you know, so they're going <laughs> to, there's going to be mutations of that as well. They're going to adjust to COVID being in our trajectory now, being in our environment. And it's just going to make them mutate as well to adapt to this other foreign invader trying to come in the land that they've invaded. And they're going to try to show, and there's going to be a fight to see which disease is the strongest. So you're going to have this gang war of these, you know, these debilitating diseases now who want to be in the forefront and, you know, of the place called your body. Okay. So yeah, that means you're going to have to wrap up your part and to prevent all these bastards from taking over at this point. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. All right, man. I guess uh, one last thing is just like, um, um, what your goals? Oh, actually it's two things, but first of all, like, what do you got goal wise for this new year? Yeah, you know, the thing about goals for me is that goals for me are always things that are ongoing. So yeah. I'm not one of these New Year's resolutions people that comes waits till January 1st, starts writing stuff down. And also, I, my feeling about goals is if you need to write it down, it's probably not that important. You know? <laughs> right. Because if you need to write it down to remember it, there's not a goal <laughs> that passionate about achieving because anything I'm trying to do, it's always on my mind. So I think I, I had a really good year business-wise, which – I know is shocking to a lot of people because a lot of people are struggling out there, but my, my business did really well through this whole, this whole year, this whole COVID year. So I'm happy about that. I want to keep it going well next year. I want to keep doing more episodes with you of this show. I want to do more episodes of my YouTube show, keep having these good conversations. And I, I would like to get someone like Ty Ritter back on our show, get some other people that are involved with crushing human trafficking Back on our show, I, I, I really want to help spread how important of an issue that is right. and how much human suffering is involved with it and how just donating a couple bucks to an organization like Project Child Staff. I mean, look, if 10,000 people donated $3 every month, that would be enough for them to, to fund every mission that they're trying to do right. and save tons of kids. So I, I'm in a position where I, I don't have the everyday stresses that many people are dealing with. And it's not like I feel better about myself because they're worse off. You know, I feel good about myself, period, just because I like my life. But it makes me more empathetic where I'm going, what role can I play to improve the lives of others? Maybe it's, hey, you hear about a family that's having a hard time with putting food on the table. So you go to the grocery store, get a couple bags of groceries and just drop it off anonymously. Exactly. You know, there's little things like it doesn't always have to be this like, okay, I'm going to make a nonprofit and then we're going to start doing fundraising or you know, we're going to start doing this. It, right. it, it can be more direct than that. So I, I'd like to find more opportunities to engage in that kind of behavior. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely have training goals as well. You know, those seem almost so superficial to even talk about you know, with, right. with everything that's going on. And like it's something that's so important, but I love weight training. I love strength training. I love trying to get stronger. And people are like, man, you know, you're still trying to get stronger. I was like, yeah, why not? It's fun. 
it's fun to try to push your limits. And right. you have to do it in a more, not conservative way. You just have to be more methodical about it. Exactly. And, and it's not even so much because you're getting older. It's because you have a lot of mileage. You know, guys like you and I have been training for a long time. You know, we didn't start lifting weights two years ago. We've been doing this since we were teenagers. So there's exactly. some natural wear and tear that comes with things. And also, you're at a much higher strength level. So the workouts you do take a bigger Man. toll. You know, people always like diminish that part. It's like, oh, you know, I'm getting older now. This is harder. It's like, no, I'm deadlifting 600 pounds now. That's why. It's, so it's way harder on my body than 500 right. pounds was. <laughs> you know? right. So I take that into account when I plan these workouts and so forth. But I, also, I, I just, I, I, a lot of times I used to stress myself out about training, not necessarily in a bad way, but I'd be so focused on trying to achieve certain things that it took away some of the enjoyment of the actual training. Yeah. And I, I've completely had a paradigm shift from that. I still push myself really hard. I still have goals. But most of my workouts, as I say all over social media, are deposit workouts where I leave some, I leave a few reps in the bank. I go a little lighter than, than I know I can do. So I can really drill down technique. I leave those training sessions fresh. I feel good. You're still making progress without the wear and tear. And also, I don't, I don't have that. That, that stress attached to training that too. Like it's something that's so important. Like, oh, I need to achieve this or else. It's like, no, I've achieved enough things. I've achieved enough strength training goals to know that it's often anticlimactic because it always takes longer than you think it will. And then when you finally get it, you're like, okay, now what? Now what? <laughs> but I'm done with that kind of thing now because right. now I'm not that attached to it. I hit a PR. I'm like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. You know, I moved on it, but I'm not sitting there thinking, okay, you know, now I got to do another PR. I got to keep chasing this. It's like, no, I just want to have fun training. I want it, I want it to be enjoyable. I want to keep making progress. Those are all, but those are things that are always ongoing. That, that, that isn't anything new. That isn't something where I haven't worked out for six months and I'm thinking, okay, this year is going to be different. You know, this January, I'm going to make this happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, just like you're saying, like a lot of the, Things were already happening when it comes to goals or whatever. Like for me, it's like, you know, definitely I just want to focus, continue to focus on what's important, you know, right. and that, that deals with like family, you know, especially more than ever. You know, just like you saying, you reached out, you know, to your cousin in India that normally yeah. you know, didn't have before. Like even for me, there, there are like family members that, you know, that reached out to me or whatever. Like normally I would have been like, Oh God, you know, but now it's like, okay, I, I was like, okay, let me at least, see what's going on with them, make sure they're good, you know, just like, hey, what's going on with you? Because you don't know how that could benefit someone just by just doing that because you don't understand. You tr Sometimes you don't truly understand how that person truly sees you, and they may see who you are, and I'm not saying everybody's a moocher or anything like that because there's some people like they see you, you know, it seems like you're doing well, and that could make them feel better, like, okay, at least I know my cousin's good, you know, with all this going on around here. And then guess what? In turn, you feel the same way. You're like, well, well, I know he's good. You know, at least today when we were talking, he was good because you don't know what tomorrow might bring or whatever. So, you know, definitely, like I said, that family focus. And even with the family that, you know, I already spend time with or whatever, just really continue to be in the moment during those times as well, being present. You know, and then um, and also, like I said, a big thing for me is like uh, really thinking about researching like my financial legacy, you know, and just being more educated about that as well, really diving deep because at the end of the day, you know, whatever I do, financial, whatever, <clears throat> this is not about me. I'm trying to think, you know, generations ahead. You know, mm -hmm. so what, what did I leave behind? I'm not trying to say just leave a, you know, a bunch of money for some, you know, 
kids or whatever that won't that may not be grateful for it. But it's like, you know, how am I also helping to help them educate them and being a resource that they can be a lot more smarter with the, the choices that they make and thinking ahead and not just being so much in the moment that they're being reckless. But right. at the same time, not being so much in thinking about the future that they're not enjoying right now. You know, yeah. finding that balance, you know, for the longest it's always been one way or the other growing up, you know, and now I'm seeing like, okay, there's, there's a way to like have fun doing things now, but at the same time, the, the, the residue, you know, from that, like you said, those deposits, you know, they're, they're prepping things for the future as well without necessarily thinking about a five year plan or 10 year plan, but at the same time knowing that, hey, it'd be nice to have this structure. So five or 10 years from now, this thing right. is steady growing and it's great. And I don't have to sit there and just be like, ah, my five year plan. It's just like, nah, this is just a symptom of the, the bet, the good choices I was making five years ago. <laughs> you know, cause a lot of us right now where we are, is the sum result of the choices we made five and 10 years ago without yeah. us even really thinking about it. You know, so, you know, we didn't necessarily say my five-year plan is to get through a pandemic, you know, healthy. Like, no, you were doing things five and 10 years ago that actually helped you get through this pandemic because, you know, stuff happens. And that's, oh, I'm, I'm very happy about things I've done five to 10, 15 years ago <laughs> because right. it all paid off now. I'm talking about financial success. I'm talking about health, you know, right. taking charge of my hormones and my health and all that. I mean, I took yeah. care of that a long time ago. So going into this pandemic, I felt strong on multiple components. I go financially, we're strong. So I'm not worried about that. I go health wise. I'm in, never been in better shape. My cardio's great because I took charge of that after having that nasty flu, which may have been COVID, you know, last year or so bad. And then, and then I go emotionally. I'm in a good place because I'm working on my mental health. I've got good people in my life. I have a loving spouse. You know, things like that. So I go. I, I go in all the things that are most important with what I call comprehensive strength. You know, I'm checking all of those things off. So I felt really good about that. And it also shows you the power of good decisions. You know, like you said, a lot of times wherever you're at, if it's not, if you're not happy that you're there, it was a series of bad decisions. Like, <laughs> right. I, you, know, and you just have to take ownership of that. We've all been through that. I've been through periods of my life where I'm just making one bad decision after another. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Nothing's working out. And then you're like, okay, okay, let me figure this shit out. It's like, why is dude, this just, out? Like, come on, dude, get it together. Like, what the fuck? Sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, why are you like this? Because <laughs> I've been through periods where I'm working. I mean, I've been through periods where I, I never worked that hard in my life. I was working my ass off, and it just wasn't coming together. It's like I wasn't even making minimum wage. I was going in the debt trying to make stuff happen. Right. And this is before the fitness business because I, I made all these mistakes in the previous business that I didn't make coming into this business. So I, I knew how to promote myself effectively. And, and not spray the money hose as a solution for everything, which right. a lot of trainers make. I, 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 I kind of laugh when I look at supplement companies in particular where they're always trying to pay someone to endorse something or they're doing this aggressive advertising campaign or they're trying to get social media influencers. And I right. go, what they're really missing out on is the power of regular people. Thank and you. what I mean by that is people who buy your product, the most important thing with a supplement is, is that it actually works. Because that's how you get repeat business, and that's how you get referrals. And if it doesn't work, it, you're going to get a lot of – you may get some one-time hits. They're never going to come back, and they're not going to tell anyone your business is done. I don't care how much money you have to spend on advertising, promotion. I don't care about any of that. I've seen companies go under left and right 
in the short time that I've been in the supplement industry. And you think about supplement supplement companies that were around when you and I were teenagers looking at muscle and fitness. Very few of those companies are still around. Exactly. And because they lost the they lost the focus of the most important component, which is a high quality product that does what it says it does. So it delivers and then providing good customer service and support because nobody wants to deal with an asshole. If you have a great product, but you're a dickhead to deal with, people are like, eh, let me find something else. That guy's too much of a hassle. And then what, so, so the power of regular people, getting regular people into whatever product and service you have to offer, making sure they get great results and are satisfied and you don't, and then they're going to go promote your business organically in a more effective way than you ever could do with advertising campaigns and spraying the money hose. Exactly. People and people want to, they want to see people that they can relate to. You know, yeah. you sit there and you put, put this multi-million dollar actor on there, you know, or athlete up there <laughs> to the average. First of all, people look at that dude like, well, that dude's got trainers and chefs and all those other people yeah. take care of him. Yeah. I got to sit here and make the, I'm over here eating ramen noodles right now because we had to cut back on our budget or we're eating beans and rice and, you know, and, you know, I got to make this big pot of fucking beans that's going to have to last about a month, you know, or whatever. And I'm just trying to do the best I can with what I have. So I can't even relate to this guy as I'm sitting there watching this dude. If you go on his social media, he's sitting there in his garage with freaking 20 Bugattis in it. You know, like, okay, I could care less if this guy's taking your product. This dude doesn't have to deal with the things I deal with. You know, and that's the thing people need to think about. It's like, yeah, I mean, that just because you get this overpriced person just to sit there and read off a script claiming they, you know, love your product or whatever, doesn't mean that it works. <laughs> and doesn't mean it's going to work for the average person. Yeah. Because guess what? If your product is not working for that overpaid athlete, then he's going to hire someone to give him something that makes whatever issue he was dealing with make it go away since your product couldn't do it. But, hey, he may never say your product didn't do it, you know, for, you know, disclaimers or whatever else purposes. But, again, no one can relate to that guy for the most part except his his peers. And they're going to ask, like, hey, dude. So, man, that testosterone booster you were talking about, man, I saw the commercial, you know, you use it, you know, they're going to ask. And guess what? If, he, if that person did use it and they did like it truly, his boys going to be sitting there, going to be sitting there like, hey, man, hey, Mike, hey, man, I'll do a commercial for you for X amount of dollars, man, because I took your product and it worked, man. you like, well, if it worked, motherfucker, then just do it. So why are you coming to me? So listen, just tell other folks about it. But now you got to pay me first. Someone who's paid to endorse something like, hey, man, you're using that. It does it work. And they're like, hold on a second. As they take the needle out of their ass. With yeah, right. <laughs> you're like, what were you well, saying? They're like, no, but this works. <laughs> I'm just not getting paid to endorse it. So I don't talk about it. Because I can't see <laughs> illegal and I can't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think I think people get that other people like oh, you know I need to get on this podcast. If I if I get on this huge podcast, that's going to make my business. I go no, it's not going no, to. No, it's not. It's not going to. Those kind of things help when you have when you have a lot of momentum and you're already in the process of doing stuff. In other words, you're already doing well. You get on the radar of something like that, and it gives you a boost. Sometimes a temporary boost, sometimes a long lasting boost. But it's going to be just a boost. It's right. it's and then and then you have to have the infrastructure in place to take advantage yes. of that as well. Just watch Shark Tank and see how that happens for a lot of these businesses, or you know, like they'll go there and they as seen on Shark Tank, but a lot of them end up getting overwhelmed because they may not have taken a deal from anyone on Shark Tank, but they got that publicity in front of millions of people, right? And they weren't ready. Next thing you know, they're like, we could not keep up. And it's a good problem to have, is it? Is it really? 
when you when you're never able to actually keep up, period, or by the time you you finally get in a place where you can keep up, you've lost a lot of potential customers who were waiting for far too long. And now they're on the internet bad mouthing you because they've been waiting for two months for the product that they ordered because why are you taking orders anyway? <laughs> you know, for that product that you know that you weren't gonna have ready for like three or four or six months. You know, you were setting yourself up. So yeah, it's not always a good problem to have. You know, so no. it's it's always good to already have the infrastructure in place. Or even if you're not utilizing that, already have the resources. So when it's time just to say, okay, you are getting us publicity. All you got to do is not hit that switch. All right, everybody, it's go time. All right, now we can go ahead and open up this warehouse now, you know, that I have reserved. I already talked to the I talked to the landlord months ago just in case, you know, and he said, okay, I'll give you like three months, and then otherwise I got to give it to someone else or whatever. So you already start putting those you start putting those those ducks in a row before it actually happened. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a surprise. You know, you prepared for, for, for that rapid growth. But at the same time, you also were prepared for – Hey, if things just grow gradually, you know, how can you build that up? Now you got a little publicity. Some people heard about it. You know, you got about a 10% boost in business, which for a lot of entrepreneurs starting out, 10% goes a long way, especially, oh, yeah. especially people who end up in the red every year with a new business. If you made, if you improved 10% of profit, you know, profit on your business that first year you had it, dude, you understand how great that is? It may not sound like it, but try running a business. Okay. Try running a business in that first year. That ten that ten percent profit, it goes a long way. Oh yeah. It goes a long way. So yeah, man. So other than that, man, um I guess the last thing I mean, we're talking about health, so just kind of talking about supplements. What do you think as far as you know, the current conditions, like I said, you've got cases that were rising with um with COVID nineteen, but the deaths are not necessarily trying to stay on pace with those cases. And you got people going to get vaccinated and you got people going to get back out publicly more and more as the year goes on. And most likely in the 2022, what do you think is like some of the most important supplements and, you know, that people should be looking at to kind of just really now that we kind of know what we're dealing with compared to a year ago. Like what are the things that they most likely should be truly, you know, adding to their arsenal? You know, yeah, to I kind of help improve their chances. I think there's three that really protect your your cells from viruses. And number one is quercetin that Dr. Gordon talked about when he came on, and he's talked about it successful successful times on my my YouTube show as well. But see what quercetin does, and there's actually a, a new small study that showed that a bunch of nurses who took I think it was a thousand milligrams of quercetin with some vitamin C and bromelain, which is a which is a enzyme that's in my supplement, Restorazon. And that common, the people who took that, I think, I think out of 50 people, only one person got the virus. And these are frontline workers, you know, so they're right. being exposed all the time. While the group, the, the group that didn't take it, the numbers were significantly higher. Now, this is not a conclusive study by any means that it offers protection, but it, but it's a step in that direction. So I, I think there are things out there that are natural components that have immense potential benefits that are not that expensive. Quercetin is not that expensive. I don't think it costs more than $20, $30 a month, probably even cheaper than that. Just Go to Vitacost, use that coupon, Vitacost. Yeah, Vitacost or Now or one. I mean, there's so many different options out there. So that that's an inexpensive nutritional insurance. And then it has other benefits anyway. It has anti-inflammatory benefits. It's good for people with allergies. It's boosts your immune system. So it's it's a cool compound to take anyway, even if it doesn't protect directly against COVID, 
But there's more and more data that it actually does. And it has been proven to be effective against SARS and earlier iterations of COVID. So theoretically, it should offer benefits to any virus because it, it helps drive zinc into the cells, a zinc ionophore. And then the zinc driven into the cells prevents virus replication. So the right. virus doesn't just spread and get out of control all over your body. So that to me is worth taking. It's not, like I said, it's not going to break the piggy bank even for someone in their family. Glutathione, I think, is really important. There was some data that out of the people that were dying of COVID-related complications, that their levels consistently were very low of glutathione. And vitamin D as well. So I'm making sure that you're not deficient in glutathione and vitamin D is really important. You're not going to get all the vitamin D from the sun. I don't care if you're a nudist walking around. You're not going to get, you're not going to get what you need to get into an optimal level. So start with a relatively conservative dose such as 2500 IU. See how you respond. You can get some blood work done. You go up a little bit higher. You can start at 5000. If it's not where you want it to be, you just, you just, you can keep going higher with each test to get into the optimal range. Or you can just start with the high level and make sure that it's, that your levels get into an optimal range, get tested and then just lower it over time. And let's see one more. Yeah. And vitamin C also is really important. We get a lot of that from food, but it's also inexpensive to throw a vitamin C supplement into the mix. So, I mean, those four, I should say, number one, quercetin, because that seems to be the, that offers the most precise protection against COVID. Things like glutathione, that just offers protection, period. And that's not yeah, a bad, it's the most potent antioxidant out there. With, with glutathione, you want a liquid delivery source. So that could be a little bit more expensive. That could be 50 bucks a month for different brands on Amazon that are pretty good. No, but so what's the, the dosage though? Um, how many I uh, use? The dosage is about 500 milligrams. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, you know, glutathione has worked. I've been taking glutathione way before this whole thing happened because when you're pushing your body hard and you're pushing yourself hard, you know, your immune system's going to take a hit. So anything right. that helps keep you healthy is going to help you stay productive. And after having that nasty flu last year, not that I wasn't conscious of the importance of health before that, but I became, it became even more pronounced after that. Yeah. When you, when you were conscious of it and it's still like, yeah, and, and it still hits you with something like, the, you know, like the flu is like, okay. <laughs> like, well, damn. Yeah. Especially when you feel like you're doing everything right. You know, it still yeah. doesn't care. But out of those four, quercetin would be the one that I would hope people prioritize. So that, that's why I try to spread that information as much as possible via social media, via my website, via this show, other shows, because right. I think that one is inexpensive. It has multiple benefits in addition to potentially having precise benefits with protection from COVID. So there's no real negative, in my opinion, of taking it. The worst case scenario, you spend a few bucks and it doesn't. It doesn't give you the benefits you need. So what? In terms of protecting against COVID, it's still giving you other benefits, just like vitamin C. Even if taking vitamin C doesn't protect against COVID, it protects against other things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cold, getting a flu. And that's good, too, because you want to be as healthy and as resilient as possible. So I, I think and vitamin it's not like you have to make a choice between quercetin or vitamin C. They're both really inexpensive. So something such as out of these four, Quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D, those are all pretty inexpensive. Get all three if you can. You can only afford one. Get quercetin. And then if you have a few extra bucks and you want some additional protection, something like glutathione, I think is a good idea. How much vitamin D again? 
Um, didn't Dr. I mean, Gordon say at least 10,000 IUs a day? Yeah, I, I take 10,000 IUs a day because that's yeah, what I have found I need to get into the optimal range, which is between 60 and 80. And I've taken 5,000 before, and it didn't get me close to that. 10,000 put me over. Now, other people I know can take 4,000, and they get into an optimal range. Yeah. So whatever dosage you need to take to get into the optimal range is the dosage you want to get on. And you don't know unless you do blood work. So right. it's a bit of a nuisance. You just start. I mean, I think a, I think a general recommendation for people to uncomplicate this whole recommendation is get a potent vitamin D that has about 5,000 IUs per capsule and right. just take that every day for three months and then go see where you're at. Yeah. And you may either need to increase it, you may need to decrease it, or you just stay the course. Yeah. But that that's a good dosage that most people are deficient in vitamin D, especially if you haven't taken it upon yourself to make your levels optimal. So if people that are wondering, like, oh, I wonder what my vitamin D levels are, they're probably not good. It's probably not good. <laughs> right. Something is, it's probably not that great, the fact that you're even wondering. <laughs> you know? If you're the person, you're probably the same person that thinks, like, I wonder if I'm, I'm getting enough protein. You're, you're, you're probably getting way too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's just the opposite issue. Um, and the thing about the testing, I mean, if you, especially here in the States, if you're, you know, for a lot of, I mean, depending where you are, most likely you're near Quest Diagnostics or, you know, um, right. uh, LabCorp, you know, one of those places, you know, and you can go there and think about Quest. You can just book an appointment right there for whatever test that you need with all the stuff. And then it's really an in and out process. I mean, yeah, it is pretty I mean, quick. It's pretty yeah. quick. It like takes like maybe five to 10 minutes before they do the blood work and they're done. And if you have insurance or whatever, a lot of times they cover that. You can just use that as far as your yearly or whatever. And some of you, well, by the time you listen to this show, you're already rolled up into the next year. But if um, otherwise, like I said, for some of you, you should have had your yearly knocked out before the end of the year. But, um, yeah. Oh, on that vitamin C, how much vitamin C do you think? I think a 1,000 milligrams is a good starting dosage. You may need to go higher, but that that's a, that's a good daily dosage to take. Yeah. And if you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, especially strawberries, mangoes, you're getting a good amount of vitamin C. But it's just taking a supplement just gives you a little bit of peace of mind, a little extra nutritional insurance. It doesn't take the place of good nutrition. That's the most important thing before supplements, just a really clean diet. Most of the time, you don't have to be super clean 100% of the time, but let's say 80% of the time you eat really clean, 20% of the time you loosen up a bit, have some fun foods. And that's going to that's gonna be the most important nutritionally nutritional insurance you can give yourself and then supplements are just that they're supplemental they can add more precise benefits on top of it make sure that you're covering any any area that has a gap making sure that your everything is dialed in and what about zinc zinc's really important too i mean you get zinc from zinc is not that difficult to get from food i mean i eat a lot of pumpkin seeds i I put a fourth a cup of pumpkin seeds in my morning shake just for the good fats protein and it has a lot of zinc in it and then i eat a lot of nuts and seeds legumes those are all high in zinc but again zinc is inexpensive so taking 30 milligrams maybe if you get sick you go up higher 100 until you feel better but 30 milligrams a day is good just to make sure that's the quercetin actually has zinc to push into your cells for protection because there's no point having a zinc ionophore and you have no zinc in your diet and you're not taking right. supplemental zinc. There's nothing to push in there. So zinc is definitely really important as well. So that, that could be the fifth one out of So basically five supplements. And the good thing is, is that zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and quercetin are all inexpensive. relatively inexpensive, especially vitamin C and zinc. 
Yeah. And then glutathione is a, it might be a little bit more than people want to spend. It's just, it's just up to you that, that, that is worth taking. If you don't mind paying the price, I don't mind paying the price. When it comes to my health, I'm not a cheap ass. And uh, right. like, whatever I think is going to help me, I'll pay whatever that cost is because uh, I want the benefit. And I think times like this, it's, it's not just insurance for your health. It's insurance for your livelihood because if you're right. sick in a hospital, your livelihood goes with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not in there working you know, taking charge of things. And so we have to, we have to stay healthy for ourselves. We got to stay healthy for people around us. And these are just a few simple things that are, are not difficult to, to access in. In fact, I think it's, you know, I think it would be cool to help disseminate a lot of these products to people who can't afford it too. You know, so that's something that would yeah. be an, an interesting charitable thing going people that are more susceptible to having serious complications or they're, they're more susceptible to being in proximity of the virus. Yeah. Let's make sure that people get vitamin C and vitamin D and let, let's, let's get as many people on quercetin as possible and just make our population more resilient so that if, if we want to avoid overburdening the medical care system, then each of each one of us has to take charge of our health so that if we get sick, we can just rest at home and recover right. at home, not be on a ventilator, or, taking up a bed. Take up, that, you know, take up a bed when you know someone more serious needs that bed. Right. You know? right, right. So I think I think that's everyone talks about wearing a mask and social distancing, and that's all fine and good. But let's let's also focus on taking charge of our health because that's something that we can all do. We can all get more activity. Everyone can walk around the block. <laughs> Who can walk? <laughs> right. If you can't walk, you find something else to do. But we need that exercise. We need the fresh air. We need the connections with people. Those are all really important. No, nobody wants to go through a stressful period alone. No one wants to feel like they're alone during a stressful period. That's for sure. I certainly don't. And then the, the healthier you are, the happier you're going to be, the more resilient you're going to be, and the more confidence you're, you're going to have. Because honestly, I've been going through this whole pandemic with really not a fear-based approach at all. You know, I've been, I feel like I'm doing everything I can to make sure my health is on point, to make sure that my fan finances are on point so that Carol and I are, don't have anything to worry about. And uh, as a result, you know, I've been very proactive where I feel like I've stacked the deck in my favor to stay really healthy. And, and honestly, all of us have probably been exposed to the virus anyway at this point. I bet if you and I did antibody tests, we'd probably show that we've already had it. We just had it, beat it. Maybe you went, maybe if you look back in the last couple of months, maybe there was a week where you're a little bit tired and you felt off and then five days later you feel fine. <laughs> that could have been you fighting it off. Well, trust me, anytime I felt anything, a twinge of anything, and this is not even thinking about the virus. I'm like, I just don't want, I don't even want to have a cold right now with all the oh, stuff. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as I feel a little twinge, I'm like, all right, let me ramp up my vitamin C. <laughs> you know, somebody, let me sit my, you know, let me get my ass outside a little bit more, you know, get some fresh air. Let me up my, let me ramp up my water intake. You know, yeah, let me cut back good, on certain, you know, sleep. inflammatory foods. Let me sleep more, you yeah. know, and then, you know, and my thing is let me drink, you know, certain teas, right, you know, about an hour before I go to bed. So, and take certain supplements before I go to bed. So I know I'm resting. So those, those supplements have a chance. They're not being interrupted with a dinner, you know, with a meal or anything like that. So uh -huh. it at least gives me about six to eight hours to let it, let them do their thing uninterrupted and then get up the next day and boom, usually Whatever I was feeling, if I felt like a little itch in the back of my throat or, you know, just something just feeling a little bit off, it was gone. You know, so it's just being very in tune with your body and knowing like, hey, something's not feeling right. Let's 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 address this right now. You right. know, instead of, instead of waiting to see like, well, let's just see what happens. You know, it may, may not be as bad as you think. It's like, nah, here's some things that won't hurt me. You know, whether it's something or not, 
these are not these things I'm doing won't work against me no matter what. It's gonna benefit me either way. So why not? You know? No so. doubt. So perfect. All right, folks. So we left you with that. So that's a good way to get things going. And um yeah, I just kinda wanna you know, just talk about this upcoming year and I feel like this year will be a lot better than the last one. You know, I think I just, so too. I, you I'm know, I, I know I'm people are not hopeful, you know, in the mainstream, everybody's, you know, gloom and doom, but I'm like, nah, look, man, humans haven't made it this far. We've, humans have gone through some shit throughout time. And yet here we are. We've dealt with a freaking meteor and dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff, war, tribal wars and everything, man. So we're still here. It's going to take a little bit more than a virus to wipe us out. So turn off your TV and just get out and, you know, live it up, man, because hey, you got another day to do it. Somebody don't waste it. So, other yeah. than that, that's that's my final thing for next year is just make make every day count. Experiences are the most important thing to hoard. You know, not material goods. No one needs another tie or socks or a bigger screen TV. Those aren't <laughs> going to be things that you even remember. You know, five years from now, one year from now. But those experiences, when I when I when I think of all these incredible experiences I've had, especially over the last. 18 years that I've been in this fitness industry, I, I look back fondly on a lot of that stuff. It was a lot of fun. I go, I, I actually miss teaching courses and being around positive people and just being in that energetic, that energetic environment. So it's when things get back to normal, I'm, I'm going to start thinking about teaching some kind of course again. It's not going to be what I used to do. I don't want to be redundant, but that's in the back of my mind. And I have plenty of time to work it out because there's not going to be any options to do that anytime soon. (laughs) Right. Right. Time there are, and there eventually will be, I'm going to have some ideas I think that I think will be cool for people to check out. So that, that's another thing that's, that's in my mind. Yeah. Perfect, man. All right, folks. So run with that and we're going to catch you guys on the next episode. Happy new year to all you folks. And, uh, Take care, everybody. Happy New Year, everyone. Take care. That wraps up this week's Live Life Aggressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Aggressive Show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.